BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Middle-cough! Shanahan! Live on YouTube on this Sunday night. I want to talk about on this podcast. If you are watching this live stream, hit that like button. If you're listening to this podcast, it's great to have you consuming this at whatever point in time in your day you're consuming this. Shanahan is actually closer than Haberman than I expected it to be when I said it out loud, but I didn't really think long about it. Uh, yeah. Did you Shanahan, see the guy on Haberman? Uh, Northern Illinois football team, somebody uh, championship Saturday, last name Haberman, Clyde, I think is his name. Not the guy with the long hair that someone linked us in. Yeah, yeah, with the, li- with the long hair. <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw that. Well, uh, Niners game just ended, so if you're uh, listening to this podcast and you're wondering, you know, what's, what, what time of, of uh, day this is happening, this live version is happening, it's happening right after the Niners game. Do you think it's Shanahan was going to go for two if, he had, if, the, if they had found a way to score? I do. Uh, no, so the Niners no, went from be the right play to get two point conversion to win the game. In fairness, I mean, I, I didn't think they had much of a chance when they started at like their own two yard line. So just them driving down the field was pretty miraculous. But it's one of those things like our gambling. Once you turn three hundred dollars into five G's, you have the five G's like you are in their territory. Right. So it's it's no longer a miracle. Once you make it that far, you actually start thinking like, OK, it's first and goal. Right? So it went from, you know, kind of a pipe dream to fucking real. And then it got really quick for Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, the field got a lot, the field gets tight down there in the baby zone, John. Oh, it gets tight. Not a lot of room to operate. Nope. Not a lot of room. A lot uh, of baby zone turnovers. Seattle had two. He threw a baby zone game. Yeah. They had multiple because the fumble and the pick. The pick wasn't on Russell, but. Yeah, what's it called? The uh the, the, the delivery area of a hospital where the babies are get uh, born? You know, two guys with zero kids. Uh, <laughs> I almost said the morgue. I'm like, that's not no, it. <laughs> incorrect. Although although as Rich Gannon once said, Yeah. Better to uh maternity ward? Maternity yeah. ward. 
Niners were good in the maternity ward today on defense, <laughs> yeah. not on offense, though. <laughs> no, no. AKA the baby zone. Thank you, Bradley, in the uh, stream for that. Hey, before we dive into a lot, a lot, if you're watching the stream, you might see a No Kid Hungry logo up above Middlecoff's head. Uh, there's a link in the description. If you're listening to the podcast, there's a link in the description. We're trying to raise money for a great, great, great cause. That cause is this awesome charity called No Kid Hungry. You can go to nokidhungry.org slash ham. Through the end of the year, we're trying to raise $25,000, one in six kids at risk of hunger. Any time of year that's unacceptable, holiday season that's unacceptable. So if you're a happy football fan today, channel your joy into a donation. If you're an angry football fan today, make yourself better. Uh, feel better with a little bit of a, a little bit of a donation to our uh, campaign. Yeah, I think we're already over 18,000, uh, the goal last time I checked. So the, uh, well, I mean, we're both on emails the last time we got it forwarded to us about the updates. So nokidhungry.org slash ham. Do anything you can to help out. Every, uh, every donation is tax deductible. So again, no, our goal is $25,000. We are, uh, you know, we're seven short. So we just got to keep swinging, keep chopping wood, and keep getting donations from you people. So nokidhungry.org slash ham. Let's go. Yeah, we need your help. Uh, on the stream, can I donate from Ireland? You know, it's a great question. Give it a shot. I would think so. You can donate from anywhere. Nokidhungry.org slash ham. Just go to the website. It's down in the description. Yeah, I would think. All right. Uh, as somebody said on the stream earlier, this show is definitely brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka today. But look, Tito's is, uh, you know, we're just celebrating life, John, at any given time. That is um, an opportunity to celebrate Tito's. We are sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Here's what I would do if I was Jed when Kyle was entering the plane. I would hand him one of these, and when Richard Hightower came up, I, I'd fake hand him one, and then I'd take it right back because I'd said, no soup for you, Mr. Hightower, your terrible <laughs> special teams, because Tito's would not sponsor your effort today. Tito's number one vodka in America. They only sponsor winners, so uh, if they were going to send a bottle out, they'd send it to Russell or Pete because they won the game and not the atrocious job by the 49ers coaching staff. Number one vodka in America. Go have yourself a Tito's and soda. That means uh, tonight on his flight, Back from Vegas, Jack Del Rio is having a Tito's oh. and soda. Maybe a, oh, uh, maybe yeah. a John Daly. Oh, uh, Jack's <laughs> having a double guy. Jack's having a double feet up. Him and him and Ron are toasting away. Yep, they're in the. They're they're t- you talking about the six seeded Washington football team? I'm talking about the six seed Washington football team. Pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. Uh, so enjoy the Tito's. We always do. We know a lot of you did over the weekend. Holidays are coming. It makes for a fantastic gift. I gave it to somebody as a gift on Friday night. And um, the beauty is when you take it to somebody's house and you give it to them as a gift, you get to crack the bottle and uh, enjoy the fruits of your of your labor. The fruits of your Genius. labor. So Tito's, um, absolutely, we love it. Podcast also brought to you by MyBookie.ig. Promo code HAM and the number one. Where right now, if you use the promo code HAM1, they'll match that deposit dollar for dollar up to 1000 bucks. Remember, if you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus. But either way, HAM1, let them know that we sent you. We're not hot right now. Uh, MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, our lock of the week. We are lost $1,500, our last three bets. We doubled down this weekend, two college games. Pretty embarrassing. Our first one, they got blown out. Our second one, I watched maybe two snaps. They didn't even deserve my attention. I am down, though, to keep chasing. Three bets in a weekend is a lot, but I, I do like the Bills minus three tomorrow at home against a rookie quarterback. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM1, Bills minus three. What are your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts rookie are... Rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterback. Mac jo- you're talking about Mac Jones. 
Yeah. Yeah. 25 mile an hour wind. Uh, the, you're talking about the one seed of the AFC right now, the New England Patriots. I'm talking about the team everyone's betting on is going to be the Patriots. All the masses, we we hang a left. They hang a right. It's like everyone sells their crypto right now. It's when you buy. You, you, when everyone hangs a right, you hang a left. So let's hang a left. Uh, yeah, I'm trying I'm to down, get. But some, I, I could also no, hold off minus three I, look, right now. What I was going to say, oh, two things. One, I'm trying to find 56 percent of the bets right now are on the Patriots. I don't know what the percentage of the money is, but that's you know sometimes that's different. Like you can get the sharps with big money. The public's betting like, uh, you know, one unit, five bucks a unit. It looks like there's a lot of money, but I think you're probably right. There was a lot on the Patriots. I do think the Patriots have just been more consistently a better football team than the Bills, but Bills are the home team. They're named after Bill, so they've got a good name. And honestly, not betting on a college football game sounds like a fantastic idea to me. I don't want to – I mean, I feel like this is the second year in a row. We've gotten halfway in, gotten a little arrogant, gotten a little away from what our – our, our meat and potatoes is and start go big bets on college football. And we're getting our, I mean, it's, we, we were 15 in a row, in, including a parlay. The, the, the NFL did get harder as the season went on, though. There weren't great bets. Like we didn't see bets we liked. Yeah. I, I love know. this one. So I'll wear this one guy. I no, love no, no. I loved, I loved the USC. So <laughs> yeah. I love San Diego State. Turns out 19 I'll of their like guys had uh, COVID. It's a team game, John. It's a team game. It's a team game. So um, yeah, I'm down. Bills, Sean McDermott. I, 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 don't, I don't want to start this week off bad. Bills, Sean McDermott. Let's go. Let's get back. Right. Let's get back in the winner's circle. All right, everybody. Let's talk about this football game. Are you, do you need a second to uh, lock that in? No, it's locked. We're in. Good. We're done. Was that 500 on that game, Monday Night Football? 500 on that one, baby. We still got 33 in the, in the hopper. The only reason we have this much money, though, is because we bet that much. So we just right. got to keep swinging. Uh, though, but the mostly the reason we have that much money is because we nailed 11 bets in a row plus a 14 parlay. Yeah, but like four of those were like two grand and the parlay was two grand. So, I mean, a lot of it was like, you know, we had 1,500 betting 300s. We All took right. huge we could, steps when we upped our units. I know, I know. But getting it right is the most important part. Getting it right. Yeah. Well, uh, as many people said on Twitter during the uh, Niner game, uh, a game befitting Sunday night football, Niner Seahawks, you know, I think you and I both said, uh, even though the Niners should be the better football team, we expected Seattle's best shot against the 49ers on Sunday, and they got it. They got it. And I know people are talking about in the chat a pass interference on third down in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, was Trent Sherfield open if the ball doesn't get deflected? Sure. But here we go. That's the game. That's it. That's what Seattle Niner games look like. I'm glad the Niners – Seahawks are still up for that game. They, I, who do they play next week? I think the bet is against Seattle next week. I don't even know who they play next week. But I know what they do against the Niners, and it's that. Texans. <laughs> yeah. Give me the Texans and the points. <laughs> Probably be a tight game. I mean, that was the, – the, the first quarter of that game was just a, an absolute shit show of crazy touchdowns, of fumbled balls, of interceptions – of uh, that fumble that uh, Russell Wilson, it, it, it was it was nuts. Uh, we'll get into the special teams, which are just abysmal for the 49ers. They, they really are. There is not an element, whether it's returning, whether it's blocking, whether it's kicking. They're shitty at everything, except punting. The punter's not bad. But it's just, what a shit show. I, you know, I, I thought today overall was just, it's not like Seattle was that good, right? I mean, they just... They lucked into a couple. Not that good. Themselves. They tried to give you the ball. They gave you the ball to go line twice. I mean, it was just no. It, it was just an abomination of a game all the way around. And for a team, you know, ultimately Seattle was they're four and eight right now. 
Like it's over for them. Like their season's done. No, Quandre Diggs told Kevin Harlan, "We believe we get to nine and eight. Yeah. Well, you can't. And the the 49ers had a lot to play for. As as I tweeted before the game started, a win today, they're basically a playoff lock. And that was without even knowing what the football team was going to do. Even if the football team had won, like they still are going to. They got four games with the Eagles and the Cowboys. The once Minnesota lost and the Eagles, you own the tiebreaker. Like you had a lot on the line. And then they were winning. <laughs> I mean, they, it was like early on. I was like, oh, they're kind of kicking their ass. Felt like Seattle was about to quit in the first half of that game. It was like, okay, go for the knockout shot. And I'm sure we'll get into the fucking quarterback who just, holy moly, he can, you know, elevate some balls way too high. That only the guy 17 yards behind everybody does the little Willie Mays catch on his knees. And then he gets up. He's like, I got some room to run. But just, I, I, I thought, to me, I would sum up this game in embarrassment from the 49ers coaching. And thank God for George Kittle, who was just an absolute man-child. And to me, without them, and really, Elijah Mitchell, too, was running his ass off. I thought their pass rush was fantastic. I mean, they made so many plays behind the line of scrimmage. In the end, it was one, two, three, four, six TFLs, and one, two, three, four sacks. Um, Now, they did some dumb stuff in the backfield a couple of times, too, in some critical spots, but... Uh, I, you know, to me, this is kind of the game that you play with Seattle a lot. Seattle's going to give this is this version of Seattle. Even when Seattle's good, they play in a lot of games that look like that. Uh, this version of Seattle just asks to get beat. They really do. They ask to get beat. And um, for a Niners team that had so much to play for, and as we'll talk about, it's still in pretty good shape, which is, you know, one of the crazy parts of this because the NFC, NFC stinks. NFC is half as good as the AFC like literally half as many good teams in the NFC as in the AFC. Most of the team that it's really three fifths of the playoff teams. The NFC are, are, are the good NFC teams. I mean, they are John. It's like Miami. You're only, ju- you're only judged on your high end. Like I think the top of the NFC is better than the top No, the it's NFC. just harder to make the playoffs in the AFC. It just is. Oh, that, well, that's, I, I don't disagree there. Yeah. But we're talking about the Niners at the lower end of the play relative to the lower end for sure. Yeah, I'm just saying Indy's 7-6 and six and not in the playoffs right now in the AFC. And they've beat the Niners. Yeah, Indy's better than the Niners. They're just over 500. I mean, the Niners are 6-6 six and six and are the sixth seed. Well, today there's just no way around today. Like, the only way I can – like, this is just an embarrassing loss. Actually, they're the seventh seed. Sorry. It, it's just an embarrassing loss for Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> and just – but not like you said. The Nick Bosa's playing his ass off. The other defensive linemen playing their ass off. Kittle, Elijah yeah. Mitchell playing their ass off. Tiki at one point is like, you know, Bosa, I'm watching him go back to the huddle. He doesn't have the normal energy he has. Yeah, because he's almost sacking the quarterback on 35 straight plays. He played incredible. I thought 51's flying around and hitting people. But for the the, the coaching staff. DJ Jones me, is very good. The coaching staff and Jimmy G take this L hard. I mean, hard. Because it's just, they, they wanted to give you the game so bad. And you're playing for something. If you were both 4-8... and eight, I, I'd be like, let's just fucking talk college football. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, today was a joke NFL-wise. But this game mattered, you know? And this is the type of game that, who knows? You end up 8-9, and nine, you miss the playoffs by a game. This one's hard to shake. You know, I we were very, very critical last year, and rightfully so, of Kingsbury. The playoffs were there for him just to walk in and make the playoffs. And he just shit the bed down the stretch. And that's what the Niners... Their teams are different, but it just feels like, what am I watching? Like, this is not a well-coached, well-run operation right now. Just 
just leaky all over the place. If they were a boat, they'd have a bunch of leaks all over the boat. I feel like we've already started the topics that we weren't going to get to yet. Well, it's just, I'm sorry, I can't even help it because the game, like, I don't even know what to say. Besides, like, the end of the game, they got a little lucky. They caused the turnovers. And the turnovers, listen, they've created a lot of them these last couple games, and it's kept them a lot tighter in these games. That They have not played very, I mean, today they didn't play very well. They have played well in previous games. Today was not one of those. The turnovers kept them much, much closer. I mean, let's face it. The one pick that uh, Kwan got that actually like, a couple plays later led to a safety, I mean, that's an all-time lucky interception. And which happens, but I mean, it bounced off the offensive player twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I mean it, but they do nothing with it. it just, but it just happened in the end zone. A couple, yeah, a couple plays later, it goes to a safety, but no one stays in the end zone in that play. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm just, that's what should have happened. That's what he should have done. <laughs> Easy for me to say, I mean, but it's I, what he should have done. I, 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 if I see one more time, too, Josh Norman celebrating on an overthrown ball, it's like, bro, what the fuck is he smoked. yelling at the camera guy? The ball was thrown out of bounds. <laughs> I don't know. What the fuck? But he, but he's like yelling at the camera guy slash the fans like I did something, bro. Well, that's what I'm saying. The ball was thrown out of bounds. Russ was all, getting Russ. Russ it says was 30. Him. Russ was 30 or 37. Didn't feel like that. I thought his down the field throwing was pretty good, though. I mean, a lot of those were yeah. some of those. Yeah. I didn't think he was that bad. No, you know, I didn't think he was bad. I just, to me, Russ missed some throws that he doesn't normally miss, but I guess he yeah. didn't really because he only missed seven throws. Did not really have any interest in running. Uh, Russ is a different, like, that's the other thing. You got, this was not even the normal mobile Russell Wilson that kind of kills you. But that's what uh, I'm saying, though. He had a, basically a touchdown that, you know, uh, what's his name, dropped, yeah. Everett, who dropped. And he also had another play on the double pass that he did hit Lockett in the hands. Like, that was a remarkable throw, you know? I mean, he hit, he, it was, you know, it's tough because Lockett's a smaller player, but that's pretty fucking accurate throw, given especially that he had to kind of move over to his left as the pass yeah. rush was coming. Yeah. But I guess my I, I thought point there, there is was Russ a chance in the not. second half the Niners could have lost that game by 14 points. Like, they were getting thoroughly outplayed in the second half. Yeah, I mean, my point on Russell was that Russ was not, his numbers 30 or 37, and like you said, he could have been 32 or 37 for four touchdowns instead of two. But it wasn't the Russ take over and dominate yeah, the game. That's not what it was. Because he right now is overweight or hurt or something or both. I don't know. He doesn't move the same way. But the good news is, for him, he's playing the Niners secondary. And it's like the rever- every time Garoppolo throws the ball up, you hold your breath. Every time somebody throws the ball up on the Niners, you hold your breath. I mean, that two that, – that uh, double pass play shouldn't have had a chance. It took 85 seconds to unfold, was not good from the jump, and yet it had a shot. Tyler Lockett almost made a great catch on what was a really difficult, well-placed ball from Russell Wilson. He's a fantastic so, player, though, Lockett. I mean, he's just – he's really good. Yeah, he is. He got hurt and then was just – was back, of course. Yeah. I But same with, I guess, Elijah Mitchell. But, look, the Niners deserve to lose the game. I mean, that's the simplest way to put it. And if they hadn't, it would have been one of those where you look at and say they got away with one because that's you just need to have – you need to get away with them. And I think the story, if they had won the game, would be, yes, yeah, Seattle just can't play a button-down solid game. Niners didn't. There's no – I don't care. But Seattle's, I mean, not a, but Seattle's not good. That's the thing. Like, they're they're a bad team. Like, the guy, they were 3-8 and eight coming in this game. They've been atrocious. 
Like they've been a bad, bad football team. Like you were, I, I know we've been saying like they Seattle. We expected the game to be tight, but they're bad. You know, this is not. You're not playing the eight and three Seattle Seahawks. You're playing the three and eight team that's offense is atrocious. Who you were kicking their ass in the first half before that t- touchdown at the end of the half. I mean, the Niners were up what, uh, 14, 23 to twenty three to fourteen. They were in full control of the game. Yeah, really, after at the, the end of the half, and then they they missed the point after they drive right down the field and score a touchdown. Seattle was there to kind of get, and then you were also getting the ball. So if you just could have stopped them, you were in position to fucking knock them out. And maybe it's just as simple as the Niners. Just they are what they are. I mean, they're they're just a mediocre average team right now. They're not good enough to knock anyone out. Well, not, not. that has good enough players. Yeah, they don't. You know. We've seen that a couple times where they've been in position to run away from a team and didn't. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing the Jags or the Texans or something or the Bears, but a team like the one thing I will give Seattle is no matter how poor they are at three and eight. Yeah, see, that's why I don't I don't look at this game like a three. I mean, a three and eight team did beat you if you're the Niners, but but my point is they're just terrible. Like they, they've been terrible this season, and the Niners I, have I been know. in that spot when they've been terrible. I know, too. but I've seen Seattle and Kyle who, gets throttled when he's terrible, and Pete finds a way to win. Well, Kyle's had some good wins when he's coaching a bad football team. In years past, yeah, to go six, bad I mean, six, six and yeah, but you just said when you're terrible. So my point on Seattle is they, uh, they just like when they're a good team, they play down. When they're a bad team, they just they can beat you, and they did. Now they didn't take it. I mean, I guess you could argue they took it a little bit, but the Niners gave them every opportunity to win the game, and and so they did. But I mean, it's the Niners deserve to lose. I'm not really sure Seattle deserved to win. Maybe nobody deserved to win and somebody had to. That's why if you had won the game, if you were San Francisco, I would say you don't apologize for that. You just, that's the way a season goes. Sometimes you win games you don't deserve to win. So that doesn't really matter. I, I didn't think Seattle played him in the second that. half though, don't you? Um, Yeah, I mean, at the same time, like you turn the ball over on the goal line, like that's on you. That's part of you not outplaying somebody. I still thought that the Niners got to the quarterback a lot. The Niners had some actually were able to string some drives together. I mean, guy, they had two turnovers on the one-yard line. Yeah, the first one, the deflected ball's bad, but the fumble, like, you guys just brought Adrian Peterson to be a running back, and guess what he does? He fumbles, and guess what he did? He fumbled. Well, that wasn't him on the second one. but I think that was, yeah, it was Homer. But, um, yeah, I to me, I have a hard time getting mad about third-down holdings because you didn't play well enough. You deserve to lose. It's the simplest way to put it. You deserve to lose the game. And I don't know, uh, were they not, I'm, I'm not going to say they weren't locked in enough. This is just what they look like. This is what they look like, by and large, the Niners. This is what they look like, especially yeah, when they can't, especially when they can't take over with 14 play running drives. What shows you, like, at 6-6, six and six, they're not that much different than a 4-8 team. I mean, they're, they're closer to being 4-8 to, to, as a team than being an 8-4 team. That's the, that's the sad reality, which to me is a reflection of, you know, the people running it, which is just a problem. Meaning what? Well, I'm just, you want to get into Kyle right now and the coaching staff? Cause no, like, I mean, well, okay. Well, like to me, like there are eight and four, there are teams that are, you know, if the Niners would have won this game, they would have been whatever, right? They, they were what? Six and five. They would have been seven and five. Like they, to me, feel closer to five and seven team that I've watched all season than to be in a seven, five, eight and four team. Like they feel like Seattle, who's a full, like I've watched Seattle all season. They have been shitty. And, and listen, we're talking about Pete getting fired, right? Pete getting forced into retirement. I'm not saying that's going to happen to Kyle. I'm not trying to overreact to the one game. I'm just saying like this team has been for the most part 
in a lot of these tight games, like they've just they kicked the some ass the last couple games. But as we've said, like it's not going to be that easy just to have these games where Jimmy Garoppolo has to throw fucking twenty times a game. That's not normal. And they get in these positions. One Kyle, special teams coach. I don't want to spend too much time talking about special teams because I don't care. But do you know what the sad reality is? Neither does Kyle. Clearly, it does not care at all. It does not give a shit about special teams because their special teams is an abomination, an absolute embarrassment to na- to the National Football League. It is that terrible. And everything that happens, it's like, well, middle golf, Robbie Goldie shot. Well, may- okay. So we acknowledge the, the the special teams coach has nothing to do with the kicker or the punter. Well, his, his uh, players that return the ball constantly fumble. I uke the stupid shit nonstop. They can't fucking tackle any. They, they do nothing well, not even remotely well. Back-to-back weeks. Last week, it was 100 yards. This week, it was like 80 yards. I mean, you're just giving up free touchdowns in a game that you lost by seven points. I mean, that's that's a free t- on On the first series of the game, you get a three and out, and the dude... They, they run a fake punt that was, I would say that's about as easy of a fake punt touchdown going the full length of the field as you're ever going to see, right? I've never seen that one go 73 yards. The direct no. snap to the up man. I thought the two special teams plays, that one and the, for Travis Benjamin to fumble with one, you fumble with two hands on the football and somebody just rips it out going into a pile. But if you've got a situation like that, was the coaching point, hey, Travis, we just, here's what we can't have happen. We just can't have you fumble this kickoff return coming out for the second half. We need you to hold on to the football at all other costs. Did they say that to him? Did they say it and he forgot it? Or did nobody say it to him? That play to me was that and the fake. Those two were beyond. Uh, I mean, in a game like this, what's acceptable? Especially when you're playing a 3-8 and team. Like, you've got to be ready on their first punt for them to do something desperate. Because they got nothing to lose. And listen, I'm not saying I want Kyle as my head coach slash offensive coordinator. But his, ultimately, the special teams, that does fall under his umbrella. He's the head coach. And I get Hightower's his guy. They've known him forever. And I, I'm not trying to make this personal, but it's like their special teams are hideous. I mean, they, they are really, really bad. And last week, it could have cost them the game. They got lucky, right? Like a big difference is Cousins just, even if Russell's a little off, Russell just has more in the bag than Cousins, right? Like you saw that today. If, let's say Russell... You know, we've been watching them for a decade. That's 75% of the greatness of we've seen or something, right? That we saw today, would you say? Russell's whatever, greatness? Yeah, I'm just saying, if Russell's greatness is 100%, what do you think you witnessed today? Nah, not 75. Yeah, I, I think you're underselling him. He was throwing some Maybe. great deep balls today. That's Yeah, yeah he's, what he's older. He doesn't, he does, but he doesn't run as fast as he, as he did for a couple last couple years. But I hear what you're saying. Okay, let's say 60%, whatever. Like, special teams cost them the game. Missing extra points, right? Because even if they scored, it was like, do they go for two? Well, that extra point, it's like they're paying this guy a lot of money. Like, this is on them. It's like Dabo said, every fucking player on that field and every guy you sign is under your umbrella. So my, my angst of the coaching staff today is more like personnel stuff. It's more the special team stuff. Like, that, I, Kyle just does nothing, you know? We know he's not going to cut anybody. We know he's not going to fire anybody. So it's like nothing just changes. But, you know, what's the definition of insanity? He's doing the same thing over and over. So it's like nothing. Why would anything change? They're just going to play in these crazy games and maybe be 8-9, maybe be 9-8. and I don't know. But it's just it's a sloppy operation if they just can't run it down someone's throat, which I've been saying for a while is not – 
I, I love that football. So do you. Like, so does most old school people. It's just not that realistic every single game, right? And you yeah, saw I mean, today, Seattle no, was ready. Uh, all this stuff we're talking about, the primary, I believe this, and I've said this for months. The primary reason the 49ers are what they are is that their quarterback is a roller coaster. He just is. And in moments when you need to throw, they're afraid to throw. Their two-minute offense, no. Their 30-second offense is a kneel play, and let's get to the locker room. That, the, that's the number one reason. So because that's their problem, because their quarterback is unpredictable, they can't commit 10 penalties, they can't commit two roughings on one drive, they can't commit another roughing on a third down play, they can't have a block in the back on a big down, although it didn't kill them on the Trent Shurfield. They have but a they lot of false start. They have a lot of false starts on offense. They, th- how many illegal snaps do we have? Two or three this year already. Actually, I that mean, one dodged shit. a bullet. They got the Mitchell. By the way, should have been a fumble. I don't know how that play got overturned, and I can't believe I he came back into the game. But I, I thought his knee was definitely not down, and it should have been a fumble. But that's it different. was a knockout. But he came to he came too quick. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but because of let's start at the top of the pyramid because of Jimmy. They got to be good on special teams. They can't have 10 penalties on the road, let alone at all. The two roughing penalties, and I get it, like some of these roughing penalties are bullshit, but they are what they are. They just, this is the deal. You jump on the quarterback and ride him to the ground after the ball's out. It's just going to be a penalty, period. You cannot leave. The Arden Key one was inexplicable. Leaping into Russell Wilson's helmet with his own helmet after the ball was gone. Like, yeah, dude, what are you doing? Bad. Uh, so like, but that, but all this stuff is a reflection of like, oh yeah, we talk about like the new England Patriots, the good teams, like they're just more buttoned down operation. Why is like, again, Kyle can dial up plays. Hell, even if Jimmy, Jimmy's just decent, he can move the ball down call some sweet plays, get Kittle open. Nobody in the hits. Maybe I didn't watch Walsh in his prime. Nobody gets the fullback open down 15 yards down the field. Like Kyle Shanahan, but like, again, he is more, he's not Joe Brady here. Right or what Joe Brady was until he got fired today. What is that? I don't know what that that. means. I don't either. But he's just—he's not just the offensive coordinator. Like all this shit is reflective of him. It's why you know it's like I just never see him. It doesn't even matter what I see. It's just not happening. And a lot of stuff goes. And I and I don't want him to not be the offensive coordinator. But it does feel like he's got to get either the right coaches in there that can handle it. And again, I go more the defensive shit. I, I, I can live a little bit with... Uh, Penalties of aggression? Yeah, and it, it was kind of ticky-tack. I mean, Arden Key's a backup. It sucks. But I didn't think most of their defensive penalties were like fucking fireable offenses. The special team shit, that is his guy, and it's it's killing him. It cost them the game. He gave up a seven-point fucking 80-yard fake punt to the up man untouched. They lose the game by seven. And you can say, well, that's the first touchdown of the game. Whatever. But it's like they lost by seven, and that happens. I watch football all day, really the last two days, really the last three days, because if you start with Oregon and Utah, I, I, no fake special teams plays that I see go 80 for a touchdown. Not one. This guy's a, this guy's terrible. He's one of the worst coaches in the league. Like, And it's like, little car, if you're just that's – what, that's what every front office guy with the 49ers is saying. They're just not allowed to say it out loud. That's what some of the co- – that's what D'Amico and some of his staff got to be thinking. The guy's killing them. This guy's killing him. I mean, it's it's one thing to just have a muff punter here. It's we're well, the fumble right? tied the game basically. I mean, because the fumble led to the the interception came after the fumble, which then led to the safety. The Gerald Everett interception came after the Travis Benjamin fumble, 
which then was the safety at the one yard line. And then the Niners never. So it's so it's basically nine points that your special teams put you in either directly or indirectly led to, plus the missed extra point, which is not. I mean, you know, that's not the special teams coach's fault, but there's there's ten points. But but I hear a lot of people saying that. And listen, I I'm with you saying what Robbie. But it's like that's his unit, right? I mean, yeah, that's his I mean, guy. Yeah, but come on. I mean, that's I, I don't even know how to attribute that to a coach, especially if the guy misses for the first time. Yeah, Robbie's just but Robbie's just a poor signing, and they went all in on it. He's just not a trustworthy player right now. I think we all agree there. But it's like like you said, their special teams unit is costing them a lot of points. It's one thing like five yards, which they do not cover very well. I mean, every time today, the guy, it's not like the guy was getting tackled to the 20. The guy was making it to the 35, 40 yard line every play. So they, they don't cover anybody and they're giving up points, right? It's like, well, the defense is naturally going to give up points. It's 2021 in the NFL. When your special teams is giving up the last two games, like you said, basically nine points a day, seven points yesterday, it's hard to overcome, man. They got lucky last week because the Minnesota clearly is not the most button down operation as we saw today losing to Big DC in uh, Detroit. But uh, God, what to me, Hightower is on Kyle though. That's like that's on Kyle, you know. And I think sometimes we can be too harsh on assistant coaches. Sometimes we don't know offensive or defensively a scheme. Like they might be coaching the player the right way. The player might just be an idiot or whatever. But this one is just this one's overboard by now. Like it's pretty crazy watching it. It's pretty eye opening. Yeah. And again, the guy gets, this is not, you know, the guy ain't making $80,000. I mean, there's a chance he makes a million dollars. That's the going rate. It's what these assistants now make in the league, coordinate. High pressure job, you either produce or you get fired, you know? And I mean, I, I don't, I get it's his friend, but holy shit. I mean, it's just, when the Niners are really good under Jim Harbaugh, the, you to sustain being good, you have to be decent at all three units. Clearly, the Niners can be decent at offense, and they can be decent at defense. Their special teams is statistically, I have no clue where they rank, but if they're not dead last, I, I don't know who is. Uh, in what? Just as a unit. Yeah, I, I mean, if I know, had to in, pick their unit, they'd they be kick last. return defense, opponent kick return yards, they are 20. No, they are two. Hmm. Patriots are worst 32, 31, 30. 29, 28th? Steelers, Colts, Packers, Patriots. That's a weird yeah, I mean, I, I, worse than you. Special team stats are weird. I, I just know they're giving up points. Uh, opponent punt return yards, they're third best. Uh, anyway. Um, you know, I always, I, I was watching, who was it the other day? I think it was, I think it was, Kalen DeBoer. I was watching somebody's introductory press conference. It wasn't Lincoln Riley. It might have been Kalen DeBoer, and he mentioned special Crystal teams. Crystal Balls at Miami? It wasn't Crystal Balls, who at last check is recruit. Still, I just saw a tweet from five minutes ago of a kid uh, tweeting out a photo with him and Crystal Ball in the living room with the, putting up the O. So maybe he hasn't uh, docu-signed that thing yet. It hasn't gotten to the, uh, I don't know. <laughs> is that how they hasn't do, gotten to uh, the Jeep Grand Cherokee? We used, to, we used to do faxes. I would imagine they just do docu-sign now. I'm gonna but I, it's... But I mean, Mario's not the doc. I mean, his contract. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Where well, he's, these kids? Maybe did the kid tweet this photo from this morning? I mean, the kid just tweeted 14 minutes ago. That means it was after 5 p.m. on Sunday. A photo of him and Mario Cristobal in the living room from 
today. The, the, I mean, the, the highlight of the day is the the Alamo Bowl press conference with an interim coach, Bob Stoops, as they've hired a new coach and Mario, who wasn't even potentially their coach anymore. That's just that's hard to beat. Looking forward to the opportunity to coach him in the uh, Alamo Bowl. Was he going to stay for the Alamo Bowl? I'm I am a sucker for the Alamo Bowl. It's always one of my favorites. Alamo Bowl is a good game, and that's actually kind of a kind of a sweet game. Are you kidding me? Kind Oklahoma, of, but Oregon. I just don't know if I can watch that quarterback anymore. I've had enough. Well, I'm maybe out. he doesn't play. I mean, because to me, bowl games are their first game of 2022, not your last game of 2021. Oh, you tell me he's not playing. I'm in. Ty Thompson, baby. But anyway, um, uh, so Kayla, I think it was Kalen DeBoer does his press conference, and he mentions all three phases in special teams. And uh, it occurred to me that most coaches don't mention special teams in their uh, introductory press conferences. Now, they don't necessarily say anything but cliches in the introductory press conferences, so whatever. But I do remember talking to one coach this year before one of his games, and he's a defensive coach, not an offensive coach. And I tend to think that defensive coaches probably talk about special teams more than offensive coaches do. But he went on for 20 minutes about special teams and the studies they've done about special teams and starting field position and all of that. And I always I always think about when we talk about special teams – the year that the Niners drafted Mitch Wisnowski, that Kyle Shanahan said, like, funny, joking, but said it, like he hopes he never has to watch special teams punter film again. I don't know if he was talking just about punter film or just special teams film in general, but he made it clear, like, special teams bores him. Punning bores him. And that's just not how, like, Belichick doesn't think like that, right? Saban wouldn't dare think like that. Now, again, he might have just been talking about, I don't want to watch punter tape, college punter tape, which I would understand. That's different than just prepping for a special teams game. But maybe it's an insight into how he thinks about special teams. Well, I'll give you an example. I've been around Coach Reed before practice and going out to practice. And he's not big into special teams. Do you know what he did when he got to Kansas City? He bought uh, David Tobe, who's his special teams coach, who a lot of people thought was going to like. I know Cam Morrell, who played for him in Chicago. They think this guy was like John Harbaugh, right? Like he should have got his shot to be a to be a head coach. He is of the Harbaugh mold. But for whatever reason, I think the league's become so offensive, it's it's been hard for that guy to get the job. So Andy's just had arguably the best special teams coach run his operation. So it's like yeah, he doesn't have to fuck with it, but he also pays a guy two million dollars. Just that's that's his baby. Kyle just like hired his friend, which is fine, but it, clearly this guy's over his head, like getting smoked. And I, I gotta listen. Kyle had an abysmal play call on that fourth and one where they got lucky where guy, he took 44 and 85 off the field in a play where he was going to run it. Did you see like, you know, they had the far view, the cameras coming in from Seattle sideline and I see Kittle and use running off. I'm like, what are you Kyle? What are we doing here? You just, you need those guys in to just fucking block people. Cause it's clear he was going to run the ball. And then he runs up. Clearly, they had told Jimmy, do the quarterback, keep, you know, do the RPO, but keep it. It'll be there, which, whatever. It wasn't even close. And they got bailed out because what? It was a delay of game? Is that what happened? No, it would, that was the bad snap. Which I don't even, what does the, that even mean? Well, he snapped the ball. It like slipped. Then he grabbed it and snapped it. It was, it was so a fall, they ended up yeah, getting like a fourth and six and got to punt it. <laughs> right? yeah. I mean, that was. You agree. Listen, it's we could nitpick Walsh, Parcells, Belichick, any individual call, but at that moment, that was pretty nuts. That play call. I hate it. It's crazy. But you know, again, I to me the stuff that we criticize with Kyle, his play calling usually is not 
His play calling usually is nailed. They, they were kind yeah, of it was pinned. a bad call, but that didn't cost them the game, right? Because they probably end up punting anyway, even if that play works, because there's a penalty. Yeah, well, what if they don't? I mean, well, no. I'm saying, what if the back doesn't fuck it up and they Seattle gets it right there and scores? Well, the yeah, the, the, yeah, it's bad. But I'm just saying the play. There was a bad snap. They got whatever would have happened. It didn't matter if they had hit Brandon Ayuk for an 80 yard bomb, which <laughs> never would have happened. But um, no matter what happened there, I'm just saying of all the things. To, I think there's a lot of stuff that's fair to criticize Kyle. That play call sucked. But by and large, that's not his play calls are not his problem. But but I do think it's okay, and I said this earlier in the season, and he'd had a great month because he was able to dictate the terms. Sometimes when he can't dictate the terms, and we'll get into the quarterback, and that is a problem. When you when you have a quarterback who today played like a bottom 10 guy in the league, it's hard to overcome that. It's hard to be a play caller for it. But, like, you know, Kyle could just have a bad game. Like, everything that happens on the field is on him. Like, to me, it just reflects he had a poor game. And in some big moments, some shitty play calls. Like, that was bad. He also makes some good play calls because he's a good play caller. But he just, like, he can have a bad game. And I thought he just had a pretty bad game. Yeah, I thought his bad game was his team's penalties and his special teams, not his offense. Yeah, I mean, that offensive play call, I mean, in that spot. Like, I agree, it's terrible, but, like, whatever. Like, that's okay. His team still was in position to win the football game without nine other things that they did wrong. I'm just, yeah, I mean, there was I'm a, not going to one play call Kyle. It's just, what, one play call Kyle? Yeah, I mean, kind of freaked out late in the fourth quarter, guy in a big spot. Like that's, it's like Jesus. What are we? Yeah, doing? it's bad. It's bad. I. It's, it's sometimes you do some shit at work. Sometimes it doesn't. I just, whatever. Like that's not why they lost the football game. That one play call. Yeah, I mean, it was I, bad. I, but sometimes you make so bad play calls. It was terrible. I hated everything about it. I just don't know who in the headset is like, hey, Kyle, you really want a Kittle and Juszczyk coming off on this play? Kyle, Kyle, we sure? Yeah, Kyle, Elijah Mitchell's not in this play either. What the fuck are we doing? Is there nobody? And this is sometimes like wonder. Like, I, I get it. Andy built. They've been doing this for 40 fucking years. They got a ton of pelts on the wall. Kyle is in the same situation. There ain't a soul like, Kyle, I don't think this is a good idea. He can just do whatever he wants. No one, I don't think, no one questions him. Nobody. And I, I just well, don't know if that's always the healthiest spot in some of these whoa. huge, huge. Today was massive, guy. Today was a big. I understand, game, but I, he does piss ten, down their leg. He does a hundred things that are unconventional offensively. Jeff Wilson playing tight end and Brandon Ayuk with his hand in the dirt. That what that one was terrible. I'm not denying it. I'm just saying that's not why they lost the football game. A massive spot though with the game on the line. Yeah, and as it turned out, it didn't. Even if he had called the greatest play on earth, it wouldn't have mattered because they got a penalty and what a punt of the football so it didn't cost him the football game that's my point it didn't i'm yeah, all for it, to me to, to me it reflected today like that to, that, that play was See, a i disagree because i think they hit a lot of plays that they had to hit in critical spots kittle all over the place getting killed involved i thought to me the bigger issue was so there's and i know we heard the explanation but there's really no way to use trey lance there's no way to use trey lance when you're on the goal line late and you cannot run the football when you're under three yards of carry, your quarterback is obviously not a running threat, and he's not that trustworthy worthy as a thrower. There's For one of the most creative coaches in the league, there's no way to use Trey Lance. That's Didn't we just talk about this? Didn't we just yeah, talk about this a couple I know. days ago? I know, but to me, there's, there is a difference between packages and like having him run the offense for series, and is there no way to use a creative, useful, talented, unique player? Sure doesn't feel like he's into that right now. And where I'm not like going to get that to me is it, the bigger issue. 
I, I would agree, gonna, but he just he just told us. Like, he's just over I know. it. I, he's just over that situation, which is also reflective of, like, Kyle, I understand. I'm with you. Like, not understanding the, the defenses when you put them in there. Just You can't have two plays for them. Just in, hey, if we ever get into a second and five situation, if we ever get into a third and one situation, we got two plays for you, Trey. Which, he scrapped it. He's just, he's waved the white flag on Trey Lance. Not even debatable at this point, right? After today. No, he doesn't. All those plays he drew up on the plane back from Justin Fields' pro day, I, I don't know where they are, but you could use a couple of them. Everyone else, would, I mean, a, would Andy Reid, if he had Trey Lance, even if he was redshirting, but he had the ability to run like this, would he use him? I, I mean, he had Pat Mahomes and didn't really use him, right? And different, different athletic. though, because he, but he was a nope. passing quarterback. I'm talking yeah, about in a I mean, zone read situation. I, the, the, maybe the difference is that Alex was a more athletic player than Jimmy, but I, I, to me, it's like in a given week where you have nothing from your run game. Nothing. Did did uh, Jeff Wilson's run get called back? Was there a penalty on Jeff Wilson's big play? Because I'm not uh, seeing yeah. it in the box score. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, it was so, holding on our guy, which again, I hear all these great things. I know Larry Fitzgerald loves him, and I, I, I bet he's a great guy. Like, you'd want to have dinner with him. But Trent Shurfield had some terrible penalties today. Holy moly. He, he held on that one, uh, or he blocked, the in, the, he blocked block in the back, in the back. on twice. Or he the held on that block one, in blocked back. in the back, or maybe they were both blocking the backs. Because he was the, the outside was receiver. Bad. The block in the back was bad. You know who blocks well is Juwan Jennings. We see that guy's a monster. He he can block. But yeah. well, yeah, I mean the one thing for Kyle Shanahan, he's got the Chip Kelly in him, right? Because he loves the edge runs, so he he's big on his wide receivers blocking. I think that's like his number one point. He tells the scouts, like, "Hey, coach, he can really stretch the vertical." Like, no, I don't care. How does he? Where are his hands and feet on uh, on on runs? Like Kyle, there there was just some stubbornness right now to Kyle. He told us it's why I'm not going to get worked up though over the Trey Lance thing. He literally said it, kind of more big picture, but like I, it clearly reflects his short term thinking too, right? Like I don't even have time to waste on this fucking kid right now, which to me seems a little crazy. Yeah, if then he's thinking about it wrong. He's thinking about him like how can I incorporate him as a quarterback as opposed to how can I use this piece? He's stubborn man. I don't know. Maybe he didn't expect 2.8 yards per carry in this game. Uh, but the Kittle play worked. See, I thought he actually hit a lot of good plays in the game. I'm not Shanahan. arguing that he... No, I'm not saying that he... Again, I want him as my play caller. I no, no, I was, understand. But my point, when I say that, my point is, even with the play that we all hate equally, I thought he had a good play calling game for the most part. I didn't think that was their problem. But, their problem but is... Have, but I'm saying, like, you can have a great play, or I mean, great calls all game long, even on the final stretch, get that use check play, getting Kittle down the sideline. You can do great things. There are certain plays in a fourth quarter of a tie game or down seven, right? They're just, I, I know coaches will tell you not one play defines the game. Cause if we block the right play on the second quarter on the third down play, right? I mean, we could play that, but it does just mean more in the fourth quarter when you're down seven, like the game's on the line. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No doubt. It does feel sometimes like, I don't want to say he's herky jerky, but like his I've only really seen him one year with a good team, so it's hard to know. We were talking like I don't I don't know. Like, is he gonna go for two? Is he not gonna go for two? Is Kyle like is he going for fourth down because is he going for that fourth down because he doesn't feel his defense can get a stop? Or is it just like kind of knee-jerk reaction? I thought it was flowing? because they had to get a first because they had to keep the football. 
because they didn't the like defense was kind of getting shredded at the time uh not even so much it's just like we've got the ball right now we're down we have to go score a touchdown we just but they to. weren't even to the i mean it was a pretty it was a midfield where yeah. they were in the game not even yeah. i think it was like 40 right yeah but th- that's what it felt like to me that it was more about his offense just we've got the ball we should be able to pick up a yard uh quarterback gun run not my idea of a good play i don't think it's anybody it, it's, i know it's not anybody's and again he's never had a season like this right last year was scrapped early on his super bowl season he had such a lead on everything even though that that final game he had to win to win the division but like as the season went on like he's been behind the eight ball now and he's he's trying to climb and climb and kind of getting a feel for you know just his coachings what he likes to do what he you know some of what his tendencies are to go for it, to not go for it, right? Like, I, I still don't have a great feel all the time, like, what Kyle's going to do, which is fine. He's a younger coach. But, and, and again, it goes back to, like, what you say, and we'll get into Jimmy. Like, it is difficult when your play calling is kind of hamstrung. Because everyone's, like, on Twitter, once Jimmy throws a second pick, like, I can't wait to watch Kyle light into him. Like, no, I know. That's, no one wants Because if you lighten into him, that means he's a fucking disaster on everyone's hands. So that's... What do you what, what do you mean? Because people get excited when Jimmy throws a pick for Kyle to like scream oh, at oh, him. Oh. Now like you're saying like people think like for, now Kyle's going to say to him the things that I need to say to him myself. Yeah, but it's like that's a problem. Yeah, I, he's got to he's got to use those judiciously. He can't be screaming at him on the sideline of every game. Now Kyle doesn't want to scream at him, right? But he can't like his quarterback. Yeah, let's we'll get into Jimmy, I guess. Uh, before we do, on Kyle. Uh, no, I mean, I, yes, I mean, the answer is yes. We got plenty more on Kyle, but uh, you know that that's ongoing, like everything. It's always ongoing. Uh, but let's tell the people, John, about Indeed, Indeed, Ooh. Indeed, 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 Indeed. dot com slash ham. Indeed. dot com slash ham. Multiple times over the last few days, I've been somewhere and somebody told me, uh, you know what? I'm not sure. I'm new here. Let me get that answer for you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that place didn't use Indeed, where you can be sure, because Indeed is the number one source of hires in the U.S., according to Talent Nest, Indeed.com slash ham. Yep, guy. Uh, with tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description, you can choose from more than 130 skill sets, then add your must-have requirements so you only pay for the applications that meet them. You want to get find specific people for your specific jobs, and then you hire them. Small business owners, anyone listening to this, use Indeed. Because right now, you get $75 of a free uh, sponsored job credit if you upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash ham. According to Talent Nest Guy, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all job sites combined. How do you beat that? Uh, you can't. One and a half more, t- uh, more hires than even internal referrals. One and a half times more hires than internal referrals. 73% of all line, uh, online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month. So you do it all in one place with Indeed. Okay, They are the hiring partner to get you what you really want, which is a list of quality candidates as fast as you can. They can attract. They can interview. They can hire. All at Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. That's indeed.com slash ham. Podcast also brought to you by Liquid IV. Liquidiv.com code ham at checkout. Now we talking, now we talking, because here's the key, guy. You want to stay hydrated. The more hydrated you are, 
better or clearer you think, the better you feel. And you just get to kick butt and take names because uh, I've been using Liquid IV. I'm sure you've been using Liquid IV. They've sent me a lot of Liquid IV. I have a lot of Liquid IV at my house. I I could give it out for Christmas if anyone wants to come over. Uh, Contains five essential vitamins, more vitamin C than than an orange. How about that? And much more potassium than a banana. Think about, you know, when you play soccer as a little kid and they give you oranges and bananas. Liquid IV does that. I just hand the Liquid IV to the kids. You know, (laughs) open your mouth, son. You know, pour that bad boy right in there with a little bottle of water, 16 ounces, doubles your hydration. Uh, the optimal ratio of glucose, sodium, potassium delivers water and nutrients into your bloodstream. I'm telling you, in the morning, you said you take uh, a bottle of water or drink a cup of water before you have a coffee. Yep. What I do is I take a bottle of water, slam a little bit, pour liquid IV, slam that whole thing. It used to, I used to use emergencies. Now I use liquid IV. That's the way to go. A hydration multiplier contains five essential vitamins, like John said, and the company's donating four million servings in response to COVID-19 all over the world. Hospitals, first responders, food banks, veterans, active military. They've donated over 11 million servings globally. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors at Walmart or you get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code HAM at checkout. That's off of anything you order. Better hydration today. Use the code HAM at liquidiv.com. Com. Uh, Lee in the stream says nine minute drives cover up for Jimmy and the DBs not really sustainable. Agreed. It's their primary issue. It's not new news. It's not new news today. I mean, it is a roller coaster ride with Jimmy Garoppolo, and sometimes he makes plays and sometimes he throws picks. The two picks, I'm just rolling through my the my memory here. I he's had bad interceptions before. But these were, in terms of combining two of his worst, these were two of his worst in the same game. These weren't deflected passes. This wasn't a little too high off somebody's fingertips. They were both – the first one was baffling. I still don't know what happened on that first interception um, to Bobby Wagner. But they were bad. And then he also made some good throws. And he also you missed mean, some you throws. You run that, where he hit him right, right in the breadbasket? Like right on – yeah, I just – it's like he, he never let hits, him. He it was never, like Joe Mon- He never hits an offensive player like that, ever. Bill Walsh was like, perfect, catchable ball. That's exactly how we draw it up. Just like the teach tapes with Joe Montana. Um, it was – it was this is, this is what it is. It's what it is. And well, he's, he's, throw, he is, he's thrown the linebacker pick several times in his career. With well, it was the Fred Warner practice pick is what it was. Luke Keekley early on in his career. With That's the, the pick. Fred, Fred Warner had that pick like nine times in camp. I swear to God, Bobby Wagner's had that before, Tim. I mean, he's, yeah. he's uh, Eric Hendricks had one that was a little higher. The second pick to me is that the second pick is Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. right? Like a deep breaking in route in coverage that he absolutely airmails. Cause maybe in his mind, I'm just going to put myself in Jimmy's mind. George covered, but if I, if I put it up there, give him the opportunity to make a play, and then he throws it where George Kittle, who is one of the best athletes in the league, has, like, I don't think Kevin Garnett in his prime could get a finger on it. And then the DB that is 15 yards behind the three guys, I love it when he catches it, but, like, on his knees just to make sure, like, it's so easy. It's one of those ones in the outfield where Barry Bonds used to, like, no look it, but, like, any, like, uh, outfielder that's very fundamentally sound, like Tommy Amansky style, catches it with the two hands. That's what the DB does. And you, listen, we'd have to go down and break back the safety. I don't know if the safety's on Kyle, Jimmy, or the offensive line. Maybe a combination of the three. Because I would imagine the coaching point is, Jimmy, under no circumstances can you hold this ball very long. You have to get rid of this fucking thing fast. But I, I, I'll give him, maybe not a pass, but th- there's probably more than one responsible party 
on that bad boy because he got attacked pretty quick. Yeah, uh, I think the offensive lineman just got didn't touch anybody, and that's so it's no nowhere to go, <laughs> nowhere to go. You can't throw a pick, you can't ground it. You're in the end zone, but but, but you know I, somebody on the by the way somebody said uh, something we've talked about before. I'm going back to the comments. I can't find it. Jimmy can't throw outside that. Oh, won't throw outside the uh, won't throw outside the hash past ten yards. Matt, normally I'd agree. The throw to Ayuk on the last drive of the of the game was one of the greatest throws Jimmy's ever made, ever. But it stood out to both of us. We were watching it together because he never ever makes that throw, and it's just a classic big league NFL throw, right? And it never happens, and it stood out like a sore thumb because it never happens. It's a pretty basic NFL throw, wouldn't you say? The deep out, you know, between that, whatever that, you know, it's like cover two, the, you know, the corner's lower, the safety's higher, and you just have to put it in the spot. Yeah, uh, receiver just tap, tap on his way out of bounds with it. I mean, it's something you see with like Brady and Manning and those type guys. Like they run, Rodgers, they just run that. You know why? Because that spot's open a lot of the time. Jim Kyle probably doesn't even call it. So this gets back to defending Kyle. When your quarterback is... Just not a very good player, right? Relative to good NFL quarterbacks. When he's good, he's like average. And when he's bad, he's atrocious. And those picks today are like that's bottom five level NFL quarterbacking, right? The two picks. Awful. Yeah. It just doesn't get any worse. And I think it's quarterbacking at its worst. That's exactly right. You you saw you said someone on the on the chat mentioned something like when you just can't run it all game long, you know, you can't hide Jimmy. Yeah, and we we had been talking about right like 20, 20 attempts. I think the last couple games were like twenty and twenty four, and it, it's hard. It, it really is hard to keep it around that number every game because you're not going to just be able to run for one hundred and seventy, one hundred and ninety yards. And today is a good example. You're talking about pass 70. attempts, right? I'm talking pass attempts. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'm not a mathematician here or an analytical guru. But I do agree when they use the word sample size. Well, the, lo- the larger and larger Jimmy G sample size grows in an individual game of attempts, the more likely he's going to throw picks over the middle of the field. You know, a great way I, analogy you just made me think of is like the more days away from home I am, the more likely I am to just break down and have a hamburger and fries. Right. When I'm out of my house, let's just say I'm in a hotel for one day. Ah, we're like a 50 50 shot. I'm eating a hamburger. I'm out of the shot, like greasy, bad. Two days, like, ah, now it's three days, four days, five days. Like, Jimmy, you just can't have the hamburger dangling out there for too many days in a row for him. He's got to be in his own kitchen with some readily accessible frozen veggies or something. I don't know. It's just just too much. It's just too much. Maybe a better analogy would be ice cream in the freezer. I don't know, but I'm with you. It's It does feel like there's a big difference between 22 attempts and 30 attempts, right? Well, it's especially when they're down. Because when they're down, you do have to push the envelope a little bit. He he becomes a different guy when they're down. He has to push the envelope. You do not trust him. Because there couldn't be a soul watching that game today that didn't want Seattle to win. That when the ball leaves the frame, so when it's flying far enough where the camera has to move, you're like, you are shell-shocked. When it's just like, oh, Ayuk catches it and moves, right? And he runs another five yards. Like, oh my God, he just hit it. You are expecting... Defensive backs. This right here. This is the the scariest image that you can see. By far the scariest. For those of you not watching this, there's a football in the air and (laughs) it's not clear where it's going yet. Nope. And there's it's going past the first down. When Russ does it, it's like, oh fuck, DK's gonna be open by ten yards. Right? Guy, when Russ does it, I I think every time touchdown. 
Do you ever think not it's going to be a touchdown, especially if the ball travels? It's like, oh, this is going to be an underthrow, or this is going to be an overthrow. You never think that with Russ. Jimmy's just... And I think it's why they can't run the ball, right? Like, shocker. (laughs) Seattle's not terrified of their ability to throw. A lot of the Kittle stuff happens around the line of scrimmage anyway, or in the flats. It's not like anybody's going... Nobody is catching the ball 30 yards down the field. Now, Kittle goes off. He has an incredible game. Like you said earlier, 181 yards. How many of those plays happen 20 yards down the middle of the field? No, he's breaking 17 tackles. You know, I mean, he's just, I, I don't know, man. I, he just, at this point in time, like Jimmy is what he is. They are going to ride with him at the quarterback. That is also a reflection of Shanahan, of the operation. Like they, they did draft a quarterback number three overall. So it's like they, and they clearly aren't developing him. They've given up on that. So they're all in with this guy who is, I no longer am going to be shocked when he throws these picks, even though today it was, are you though? (laughs) Oh, there was. Yeah. I mean, I just, because he had, I mean, I guess he kind of had, he had the one pick last week, but they've just been able to avoid it. They've, they've been able to circumvent Jimmy Garoppolo and today they just weren't. Yeah, and and I just think just... as these games get tougher, like you're just not able to cir- circumvent your quarterback against good teams. You might be able yeah. to do it when you play Atlanta. You might be able to do it when you play, I think they still play Houston. But you are not able to do it next week probably against Cincinnati more than likely. You're not able to do it maybe the next... Like you're not going to just be able to do it every single Rams game. I know they kind of have for like five Rams games. It feels eventually like what happens when you're down 21 to 14 in the third quarter. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, this has to end. Like only this, at least, at least, this is finite, right? This is right. going to end. <laughs> well, I mean, John's shy of them making a Super Bowl run. Don't you remember? Yeah, you ain't making um, a Super Bowl run with old uh, Jimmy G. Let's be very clear. The only question with Jimmy Garoppolo left is: Does he get cut or traded? But the question is not: Can they get a second round pick for him? Because everybody else has watched all the same stuff that all of us amateur GMs have watched, and none of us would trade a second-round pick. Not a single fan. It's like we always say um, a base. you can always tell how good a closer is based on how that team's fan base reacts when the closer comes in, when the gate opens and the guy comes in. It's like, oh, he's 38 of 42 save chances. But the fans are like, oh, God, oh, God. If your team traded a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo and you've been paying half attention, you'd know that was insane. The idea of them getting some value, that is so – I could not be less interested in that conversation. Let me know when the season ends, okay, after Wild Card Weekend, and then we can talk about it. Kidding, kind of. I don't know. Then we can talk about it. But until then, there's no reevaluation. I've said it many times. That this is what it is. Sometimes the ball gets caught. Sometimes it gets deflected. Some games there's a DB there, and some games there isn't. But that ball, that second pick, gets thrown every game, whether he throws a pick or not. It's there to be had. It's just is someone going to grab it or not. It's the same. Every game, it's the same. The only question is, Does he play quarterback throwing the football with a complimentary run game or not? Today he didn't, and so there you go. They couldn't put together – actually, how many plays was that last drive, like nine or ten? Play-by-play, it was 12. Yeah, well, good for them. 
Uh, I thought that was actually a pretty impressive drive. It was. They hit some big throws, the Ayuk throw, the Kittle. But it's just... He can have drives and look like a top 15 quarterback. When the game, but the totality of the game, because I was going to say when you were just talking very eloquently about Jimmy, that just until you get to his last two numbers, 20 of 30 for 300 yards, 10 yards an attempt, and two touchdowns, if I just stop right there, you would be like, pretty good NFL game on the road, Seattle. Then he goes, two picks, both of them, not all picks are equal, right? Russ threw a pick today. That was not, that interception was not on Russell. Do we agree there? Like, Russell's one pick and Jimmy's yeah, yes, both, like, yes. comparing his to pick to Jimmy's. And then his one sack was a safety. So he throws two picks and he gets a safety. It's just a disaster. The crazy Jimmy's thing- problem guy is like, because people are like, remember when you used to say Jimmy was better than Derek? Because two years ago, he was playing better than Derek. Now the one thing, like, watching Derek play today Jimmy makes these disastrous plays. And they, and they talk about it a lot with like, you know, I think coaches, I think Mario's a good example. If you really got like, ask Mario and you ask Joe Moorhead, who both might be on the go. I guess Moorhead well, Moorhead's is gone. gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, why don't you play the rookie over this quarterback? We just don't trust him. We don't trust him. And you talk to NFL quarterbacks or NFL coaches and play callers, why they don't play like the younger guy over the, the veteran player like a Jimmy. We just don't trust him. We don't trust him. Well, it's like Jimmy is 30 years old and he's playing like everything those guys think about their 19-year-old freshman quarterback or 22-year-old rookie quarterback. He does the, he does Zach Wilson-level disastrous shit, but he still does a lot of the good stuff that they can't maybe do over yeah, like a lot of yeah. times. But his disastrous pitch, he's always going to like hang the slider against the number four hitter who's an all-star and voted third in the MVP the last five years. And that guy's going to hit it out of the park every single time. Yeah, or swing and miss. Sometimes he swings and misses, right? Some of those games, sometimes the guy swings and misses. It's like, oh my God, he's batting him. He's hitting himself in the head on the way back to the dugout because he just missed a pitch. He's trying to to throw you the ball, though. He's trying. Yeah, it's like, it's very much like what I said about Kirk before the Niner game. It's like, Kirk is not a guy that goes through a season with two picks. (laughs) He's just not. So are you going to catch it or not? Because it's going to be there. It's going to be there. the, the, The difference is... You know, I, I, I was going to say, I guess Jimmy doesn't move around anymore. So I was going to say, because Cousins is a bad athlete. Re- I'm, again, relative to NFL quarterbacks. Like, you know, if Lamar's a 10, Cousins is like a 3. I used to think Jimmy was like a 6, 6.5. He plays now much more like a true pocket quarterback. Like, he ain't moving at all. You know, beside the occasional, like, boot. But he's not. He ain't running away from anybody. So his yeah. athlete, he doesn't. One thing that he I thought he did two years ago when he had his good season he was a much better ad-lib quarterback than he is now. He doesn't bring much play. Like, one knock that, like, scouts will tell you about Cousins, and this is why his stats, like, throughout a given year can look pretty good, but if you really watched it in totality, like, if you ask any Vikings fan, they, you know, obviously they lost the Lions today, but they would just be like, you know, he's he's so underwhelming for a guy that's, like, stats are actually look pretty good because part of that is, like, when the play breaks down, and this is why I feel pretty good betting on Josh Allen – over Mac Jones in this game on Monday Night Football. Can you can you do something out of the realm of the play call, right? Sometimes, and this is why I think ultimately they went and we we pounded the table for Fields or Trey Lance because you need a guy. That's what was kind of killing it in the league right now. And you even saw Minshew a couple times a day, like made some plays just outside of the pot, like not even outside of the pocket, but just outside of one, two, three, then you kind of got to do a 360 and move. Jimmy doesn't bring any of the ad-lib shit anymore. And then his just in-the-pocket stuff is just like Cousins. I guess Cousins in the pocket, untouched, is less likely to do some of the Jimmy stuff. 
Cousins is when he does have to move, then he's completely fucked. Jimmy's just like in the pocket, like just pretty normal pocket. Let's it rip. <laughs> just did he just he he's hit that the defender in stride? How did he do that? He can't hit offensive players in stride. So it's like the the play that Ayuk the ball that got overturned, right? That they yeah. called it. You know, that's a really hard play. That shouldn't be that hard. How many Ayuk plays in his, now? I get he's he ain't Calvin Johnson, right? He's five eleven ish. Same on like the use check play, the right? Air. The use check play was a was a wide open. They nailed the play call. The play worked. They executed it. You know, Juice is not an elevation sensation. He made some other great plays in the game. But he's six two. Like you don't have to. Think I know. I know. I know that one. But it's just it's it's somebody made the point to your baseball analogy. It's like he just throws the fastball down the middle against a power hitter. Sometimes the guy swings and misses. Sometimes he hits it out. And just we know what we're getting at this point. And well, we but I, know. But I, to me, what's crazy though, guys, like the use check one, where you know you're a little high. Why don't you do you know like the Derek when Derek's a little off, he'll throw the lobber. So even the guy has to stop, and it'll be like instead of getting like a thirty yards, you may only up and end up with eighteen. But the fucking chains move. Jimmy just has one one speed. It's like Jimmy, just throw the make him catch it at his knees. Even if Usech falls, you sixteen yards completion first down. Instead, Usech they're like, hey bro, jump like Gary Payton the second. And, and think how hard it is as a fullback. You're full stride, eighteen yards down the field. You're turning the ball's way high. You know, I, we the love catch, the guy. It's a hard play for him. It, it is. How about the catch he did have though? Late use check behind him, like spinning away from a big hit. It was in a. But that's what I'm saying. Hit. If you just, if you throw it below Kyle's waist, he no, he'll make the play. He, I don't think he's he used to jumping. Place. But that's that's asking him a lot. They're asking yeah, him yeah. to do a lot. No, no, I know. What I guess my point is like, there's a lot at play when you draw that play up. You realize it kind of maybe has to be more perfect than if you're throwing that ball to. But again, they don't have Justin Jefferson, right? No, they don't have. They just it's. But whatever, that's not that's not the problem. You the the reality is you could put Justin Jefferson on this team and we'd be having the same conversations. That's the reality. That's my yeah, point. It's, cl- it's like we start talking about trade value. It's like it, this is what it is, and so you know, hey fellas, here's what we can't do today. We can't give up a special team score. We can't give up a special teams turnover. We can't commit ten penalties. That's just not our recipe. It's just not our recipe. It's just not. They just they don't have a big margin for error because they have a hard time making up for mistakes because their thing is let's run the ball, which is great. I'm all for it. You're all for it, like you said. But the more you throw, the more likely something bad is going to happen. Well, it's like Michigan will not win the championship if they can't run the ball. That's a fact, right? They have the only way they're going to be able to win two games in the playoffs is they're going to have to run it against Georgia, which is going to be very difficult. Alabama didn't. They threw it. And then they're going to have to run it against Alabama. And obviously, that's the highest level. And they were able to, they were, they're much better relative to their opponents. It's hard for the Niners because it's clear. Like, you know, Seattle's played them so much. But, like, what do you have to do? What's the Niners' go-to place to start a game? They're going to run toss left and toss right, and they're going to toss it more and toss it more to the corners. They're going to try to run the edges with their tackles, their fullback, and their and their tight end. That's their favorite fucking play. And when that thing starts getting working, you're in trouble because then he can work the boots and the stuff. But when if you can stop that, you just get second and nine, third and ten. You just have to run. So, like 
Kyle can only, and this is where I will defend him, you can only run so many like leak-out plays to Kittle and Juszczyk. Like, you can't do that 25 times a game. You can do that five or six, and luckily they hit them all of the day. But eventually you just have to run some basic pass routes to your wide receivers, and it's hard to trust Jimmy because you don't trust him outside the hashes, and inside the hashes you're holding on for your ass because here's what we can't be shocked anymore, right? We have a large body of evidence. I guess he missed one game, so... Ten and a half games. He missed a half, too. So he's there's played 12 games. He's played ten and a half of them. His high balls are a thing. They, they are not only not going away, it's really part of his repertoire. So, and I think this is what you've been saying about Kyle. He almost, like, calls plays to avoid those. But it's it's hard. You can't just be like, well, we'll never throw over the middle of the field on second and third and long. Like, you do kind of need to do that. Besides this, the occasional, like, dump down to the running back. Right. Jimmy makes it very, very difficult on the offensive play caller. Like, Kyle can do poor things, like have a bad individual call, let Hightower be a disaster, but also, like, it's easy to get mad at him for things that, like, no, that's, like, fucking Bill Walsh could be calling these plays. He'd want to wring Jimmy's neck. Yeah, and that's where we can have a legitimate conversation that we've had before. We don't need to rehash now about, you know, evaluating Tom Brady and the, you know, draft several years ago and whatever, but that stuff's over and done with. It's now about... This year, A, B, Trey Lance in the future, period. But I, but I also think like it's, it's a fair argument or a fair criticism or a fair just question for just if you're just a diehard Niner fan on the couch, you and me sitting there like, like I understand, Kyle, you said all these things about Trey, but you just see him at practice and be like, scout team or only? <laughs> it's just, just me and you over here, Jimmy. <laughs> just me and you, Jimmy. The, the, the Titanic, which is our team, we're either going to make it to land or we're going to sink. Just me and you. I'll call him the plays. You're throwing it. Is that just, that's where I understand people calling him like Chip Shanahan, very stubborn. Like, is, cause that's clearly the mode he's in, which to me seems a little crazy after like a game like this. How do you just think like that after watching that? It's like, Kyle, I, I can't be shocked next week when he throws it to some Bengal defender when you're tied 14 14 and Josh Norman's getting smoked by Jamar Chase and you, you, you like, it feels like, God, it's going to be a tight game. Jimmy airmails it. Dude picks him off, goes 30 the other way, and Kyle's screaming at him on the road in Cincy. Like, get ready for it. That's where I do think the criticism of, like, you're either coaching or allowing it to happen. Like, they're all in. And, it's, you know, previous years they have had no other options. They did just draft a guy third overall. Can you not? Are you not trying at all? Seems kind of crazy. They're just, there's just a lot of, like, not everyone's on the same page. They're not and built you- for adversity right now. And yet, I mean, they get a break. They get they get they get a break this year with the NFC. That's the crazy part with all of this is after the loss to Seattle. And you you mentioned it earlier, uh, and you're right. I mean, if they had won the game, they are in like very very strong playoff position. Because if they win the game, they're seven and five, and a game ahead of Washington still for that six spot. Now they're six and six. Washington six and six. So as of the moment, the Niners are still in playoff position. Uh, they're the seventh seed at this moment in time. Philly is six and seven behind a dramatic Minshew blowout victory today. Minnesota is five and seven. They helped out, even though you had the head to head with them anyway, they lost to the lions. Carolina on a buy is five and seven and a mess. Atlanta got blown out at five and seven. New Orleans is five and seven. And so again, who are you fighting for? You're fighting with Washington. You're fighting with Philly. I, I don't, are, you, are you fighting with Minnesota? Because you're effectively two games ahead of them, even though it's one in the loss column because you beat them. So you're still actually in okay shape. Now, the problem is we 
can't really trust you to win any game. Week. Yeah, any yeah. game. Exactly. Better way to put it. But despite all of that, they're in okay shape for the playoffs. They're they're luck. I mean, it's it feels like they get nothing but bad luck. That don't let anybody tell you the Niners only get bad luck and everything goes against them because they don't look like a seven seed right now, and yet they are. So they have one, two, I guess because they have the Thursday night game. They have five games remaining. You, are they more than likely to go two and three or three and two in those five games? Just without, you know, we know the opponents, Thursday night game, but like just when I think, when you say a five game stretch, do you feel a three and two or two and three more likely? You know, three and two is my first inclination because they're just in all these games enough that, you know, two of them are against teams that I know they're better than Atlanta and Houston. And then that means win one of the other three. So that's my first, that's my gut reaction. You? I, I would just say it's a coin flip. It, it wouldn't shock me if they went three and two, but by no means if they went two and three, it would shock me either, right? Because no. we no. know the majority of these games are going to be a shit show. Uh, most of the games they played and even when they were losing were tight. Uh, and clearly back to just the button-down operation, their special teams, their margin for error is just naturally small. They're not that. They're not as good. They have some injuries. Nine and eight, you're in the playoffs. Eight and nine, you still might be in the playoffs, but you could miss too. So, like they they still should make the playoffs, but I don't. I'm not confident. And if they won this game, they just would have easily got in because they could have gone two and three, and they would have got to nine and eight, and they would have been in. Yeah, if they miss the playoffs, then they'll have other moments than we can point to and blame them for. But this one should not be forgotten. A Seattle team that be. was three and eight that you had the lead on. And uh, a, a sizable know, a really, lead, a sizable lead with the ball played just and your sloppiness contributed to their score before the half. Your sloppiness contributed to their score after the half. Just didn't play like a playoff team. I would say one area they're probably lucky is they have the tiebreaker right with Philly. Washington, just the way their schedule breaks up, they're not going to sweep Philly and uh and Dallas, right? So even if they split those two games. Their other game right? is New York. Gi- Giants. Who, you know, are a tough, bad team just because they are they keep it low scoring, right? They they play some defense. But let's even give football team the win there. Mike Glennon today. Do you think the football team, if you had to just look at their schedule, two Eagles, two Dallas, split. Giants. Three and two. So they're getting to nine and eight. Don't you think? Uh... Because what's their week? Uh, the Giants is their see the it would help them if like Dallas was their weeks. Although Dallas might have to win at the end of the year. Um, you know if their week eighteen game was Dallas, their week eighteen game is the Giants. I think the Niners could get lucky that the Rams could have the five seed wrapped up going into that final game and really throw it because we know McVay will. Right, if he knows he's playing Dallas, yeah. Well, for, Stafford might for. need the rest at this point. He got hurt, banged up. To me, that's got written. Will people freak out? Like, if the Eagles need the Niners to lose, Washington's at the Giants. Eagles, Eagles have a bye this week. Then play football team, the Giants at the football team. Then they finish with Dallas. So they all those teams play each other, right? Yeah. Minnesota is Pittsburgh at Chicago, Rams at Green Bay, Chicago. But like you said, you got tiebreakers. Today was a killer loss for Minnesota. <laughs> today was awful. Today was devastating to the to the old Minnesota Vikings. You see Dan Campbell go for it late in the game at his own like thirty. 
Uh, he got it. No, he so didn't the drive, get he it. got it on or he didn't get it? No, he I didn't. didn't see. They, they ran a play action. Jared Goff got destroyed. Then I don't even know. I can't even remember what happened, but maybe Minnesota missed a field goal. They drove. Maybe they kicked a field goal, and then he drove the length of the field a minute 40 left. He was trying to win. I mean, I'm not nitpicking for Dan him. Campbell, none of his games. Who gives a shit? Good for him. But I watched their game-winning touchdown seven times in a row. So happy for them. Here's what I do know. Well, even after this loss, this would be a hard one this year to shake if Kyle Shanahan misses the playoffs. Because you lived in the short term and you still failed. Mm-hmm. That to me is like, it'd be a hard, like he would lose some equity with people. And he eats ebbed and flowed this season. That's naturally when you're struggling. But like, you got to make the playoffs this year, man. You, you have to. Especially when it's like, who are you battling? The football team and Minshew and Hurts. <laughs> like that, That's your main competition now. Yeah, and you've had injuries, sure. But, again, look at who we're talking about here. We're not talking about competing with Tampa Bay and Green Bay at this point. In Arizona for the one seed, that thing's long gone. Winning the div- We're not talking about winning the division. The bar has been lowered this year. It's a lower bar that I think he's being asked to hurdle. That's it. Think about this guy. More than And, and part of it, too, by, by the way, sorry, and, the, and part of it, too, if you miss the playoffs, we'd say you misjudged your team. You thought this team was good enough to make the playoffs. That's why you stuck with Garoppolo. Fine. That's what I am for chasing the playoffs to not develop your quarterback, even though your quarterback means he hasn't played in two years. Fine. I get that. I'm good with it. I support it as of this moment in time. But you got to make the playoffs then. And we'd be talking about missing the playoffs. We'd be sitting there, John, if the Niners missed the playoffs on wildcard weekend watching what? The Eagles, Packers, and the football team Bucks playing, going. You didn't miss the playoffs in like, you know, a year when everybody won ten games. Like the year the the pa- remember the Patriots missed the playoffs with Castle, even though they won ten games, 11. eleven games. Yeah. Okay, fine. Like that's not what we're talking about this year. So what even last year, remember you? the Dol- the Dolphins missed it. They won ten and six, and it took eleven to get in the AFC. Like that, you went yes. ten and six. Like I, I can't talk too much shit about your season. That's pretty good. This one's a double-edged sword. What benefits you is the NFC is down, but it's also going to cut you deeper if you miss the playoffs in this NFC. Sorry, just I wanted to finish that point. He's one and four this year in the division. I mean, he got swept by Kingsbury and Pete. That hurts. It does. That's that's bad. Like you you got, you're not going to finish like the last place team in your division beat you twice. Uh, To me, just losing those like, and even if let's say the Rams. It's hard to tell because that game they might just mail it in, so you might get lucky to go two and four. And I, obviously, if they just play the Rams, they match up well against them. But holy shit, Pete and Cliff swept you. And it's one thing if it's just an all-time career year for Cliff, and they go whatever thirteen and I mean at this point even thirteen and four seems. But he's been playing them well, you know. They yeah, uh, my well, po- my point is year. like if Pete's gonna. Oh, well, like, what is their record going to be? Like, people are going to get fired or traded or something. Seattle's just yeah. Seattle doesn't win this game against like the the Jets, right? <laughs> they they would have lost this. <laughs> no. So it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. They're look, they're not dead, but they can. Kyle's part of the question is like, can Kyle? Here's what I know: they play like that, they're not a playoff team. If they if they throw two interceptions and commit ten penalties, they're not making and, and a special teams fumble and a special teams touchdown, 
They are not making the playoffs. They're not. So can they fix it this week? Can they fix it next week? And also, you play the Bucks or the Packers, and Jimmy's playing like like you you lose forty to twelve. Yeah, I mean, I uh, yeah, if you play if you play that game, yeah. But Jimmy's well, I'm saying just it, like, liable to beat the Packers. No, I'm talking in the playoffs. If you play that game, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you play that game, yeah. But I also think you get into the playoffs against the Packers, like fuck, I, you can win that game. What about Bucks? Harder. You can't run it against them. No, and it'll be an all-time Brady game. Against the Niners? Yeah. Yeah. Brady might actually give up home field advantage to play that game in Santa Clara. Yeah. But you're like, you know what? Yeah, I want to play that game there. Yeah. Oh, remember when you told me no for that guy that I, you know, pretended to like? And I do kind of like personally if we're just having cocktails, but I don't like when he's on my team and sniffing down my neck because he shouldn't be sniffing down my neck. I'm a way better player. My childhood team. I wanted to come back and play at home. Now it's weird. My Jimmy was better when he was around Brady than he is now. He's getting worse. What's the way it That's is the thing. Playoffs. It's it's not really arguable. Jimmy is getting worse. Like the more he has to play, again, See, when I, I say more, he has the more he has to throw. If yeah, the more you have to but throw. But that's in not a game, new. I don't think that's, that's pretty new. telling. Yeah, but I don't think that's new. I think that is the situation. That's just him. So the people that uh, went after the people defending the playoff game where he threw it eight times, they were right even though in that individual instance, like, of course you're just going to run it, but it was clear that, like, Jimmy's best game is when he throws it eight times. That combined with what happened at the end of the half against the Chiefs. Yeah. Kyle Shanahan has told us what he thinks in those spots. We know two things in those situations. We know Kyle really values what happens at the end of the half in terms of scoring late and then getting the ball to start the second half, that kind of thing. He values that a lot. And yet, when given the chance to take advantage of it, sometimes he doesn't do it because he doesn't fully trust his quarterback to not let the other team score. Well, there, I, unless he's just remarkable early on, like I doubt he's just going to feel great with Trey Lance right away doing that, right? Yeah, but I mean, we give, you know, no, but we give a quarterback at that age and this level of experience time. The question is like... But this is what I'm saying. There's going to be... Pre- people aren't going to want to lose next year. I know. The, the, the heat is just going to... And this is part of being an NFL head coach. The heat's the heat's high, right? Division one, power five football, heat's high on all these guys. And the SEC, the Big Ten, hell, the fucking Pac twelve. The heat is really high in the NFL. You know? I mean it just it just is. It well, stays it, that you high. know what, John? That's a great point. That's a great point. Cause you missed the playoffs this year. Are they gonna look like a Super Bowl contender next year? Super Bowl contender. <laughs> right. Are they going to be a playoff team, obviously, all year long? Playoffs? They have trouble in all three phases. Well, I know this. Rookie quarterbacks, part of the reason I thought Trey Lance would be a great, would be in good good hands with the 49ers is because I thought they'd be solid on defense. I, I Frankly, I'm kind of like Kyle. Didn't even think about special teams in the offseason. Didn't even consider that it would be a net negative. And you got playmakers around. You'll make a few plays, and you'll run the rock, and you'll be good. Well, Again, that's what this team is supposed to be. This this 49ers team is basically supposed to be a team that is built in the same way that you build a team around a young quarterback. Just have them make a few plays, run the ball, play defense, don't do anything stupid, win football games. That's the way this 49ers team without a young quarterback is built to play. And they're they're not there's they're 500. Are they going to be 500 with a rookie quarterback trying to play this way? I don't know. That would feel like a win at this point though. If I told you right now, Trey Lance starts 17 games next year, 
at on December 5th of next year, the Niners are a 500 team and are the seventh seed in the playoffs. Would you take that right now? Uh, yeah. I would say yeah, the difference, would. though, is like the team, you get rid of Jimmy, you have so much more money, the salary cap goes up. Like you do have a lot of ammo. Good point. You know, you got you 25 make the right million of Jimmy, then you got 20 million of the cap increasing. Or actually, I saw someone tweeted out the last couple of days like 180 to potentially like 210. So, I mean, you, you could gain you could gain $50 million pretty easily for a team that's been, I would say, a little up against it the last couple of years, right? You know, yeah. in terms of like, so it's just the way the NFL works, turnover, you could just, you know, I mean, they, they've played this season. One thing I think we'll look back, like Josh Norman was our starting corner the whole season. Pretty pretty nuts. I, it's and it's, it'd be nuts. one thing, it's like, well, he makes some plays. Well, yeah, he has, he punches the ball out. But when he has to, he's a cornerback. So when you when you have to cover wide receivers, which is his main job, not causing fumbles, he gets destroyed. You prefer? I don't blame him. He can't cover the comeback route. He can't cover the go route. He cannot cover. Like it's not his fault. It is not Josh Norman's fault. He can't cover. The evidence is in. It is the 49ers coaching staff, which their head coach is the boss of the entire organization, who keeps giving the go ahead to throw him out there. Today, when Lenore got the pass interference. Good. Let him play. Let's just see this kid play. I, Josh Norman, the same thing's happening. If the ball's caught in front of him, when they show the replay, he gets spun around like a dreidel. When he's beat deep, he's five feet behind the guy. And he's, I, I still can't believe that he pointed at the crowd or the cameraman after Russell Wilson missed him and DK was wide open. Like, bro, what are I? That bothers me. That bothers it, me. It, I almost tweeted it, but I'm like, I, I'm tired. Of, I'm always banging on corners for celebrating all the time. But that was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. It's like, bro, if he if Russell had a normal throw, DK, I mean, that's the easiest touchdown they've had all season. Josh, you were you were at the five yard line. He was three feet into the end. He was over the pylon. What what are you celebrating? How how John, are you with a straight conscious celebrating? Pin them, them on the sideline, John. Pin them on the sideline. It's all about riding him, you know, knocking him off his his path, pinning him up against the sideline, and leaving Russell nowhere to throw the football. I mean, if you can't see that, then I don't know how to. Th- I don't know. It's, that's that's cornerback one on one, John. Just, I can't do it. I can't make a stop. <laughs> uh, before we go any further, John, let's tell the people about decked. Decked.com slash ham. Decked.com slash ham. Protect all the goods in the bed of your truck with decked.com slash ham. Yep, guy, the deck drawer system keeps your gear secure. If your tailgate is locked, you can't open the drawers. Each deck, uh, deck's two full bed length drawers can carry up to 200 pounds of whatever you got. The drawers roll out waist high, giving you easy access to organize your tools and gear. Also, guy, 2,000 pound payload. Mm. You drop a four wheeler up on that bad boy, no big deal. Carries it. Haber Middlecoff and seven offensive linemen, seven Trent Williams, good to go, rocking and rolling. We could use Deck seven is 100% yeah, made in the USA, backed by a lifetime no-hassle warranty with a second-to-none customer service team ready to answer all your questions. Yeah, Decked is the goods, man. Decked is the goods. And you can also, still plenty of time to retrofit that bad boy, dump some ice in it, put a few beers in and you know tailgate or whatever else you're going to do. The drawers lock for that added security and peace of mind. Like John said, 100% made in the USA. So get the decked drawer system for your truck, especially this time of year. Protect your stuff like so many others do with uh, over 7,000 reviews and a 4.89 rating. 
Decked Drawer System at deck.com slash ham. Get your free shipping. That's decked.com slash ham for free shipping. Decked.com slash ham. Go to the website right now. Check it out. Check out the new deck toolbox as well at decked.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham helps you make good decisions. Last night I was thinking about ordering out, and then I reached into the freezer, grabbed some ground beef, and all of a sudden it was homemade taco night. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner. ButcherBox is offering all of you your choice of weeknight meal essentials. You get peace of mind with ButcherBox because it's high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. You get the ultimate convenience because it's delivered right to your door with free shipping, as always, and you get the ultimate customization. Your customization might be, I don't know what to do. Send me the good stuff. And they send you the good stuff, curated. Right now, go to butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham, and you'll get either three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a year, plus $20 off your first order. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Get on the Prize Picks app, just like me, and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Football season's over, but hoop season is getting hot. Tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. So get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And you can get it on baseball, too. I've got some season-long more or less picks on multiple stat projections on home runs. Uh, not off. Not feeling great about Shohei less than 38 and a half right now, but I put that one in the app just because I wanted something to root against with the Dodgers. Prize Picks offers injury insurance so that your entries stay live even if one of your players get injured. So hoops, somebody leaves in the first half, no problem. Injury insurance. And on Prize Picks, you can win up to 100x your money with as little as four correct picks i love it it's download the app today use code ham 50 for the first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars today's episode is sponsored by nerd smart money podcast nerd trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world the nerds will help you get smarter about balancing your portfolio and avoiding scams so your money is just as safe as betting against the cowboys in the playoffs planning your tax bill so you don't dread april every year and saving on travel, vacations coming. You spend less on airfare, it means you're not choosing between surf or turf. It's surf and turf for dinner and maybe even an extra night stay. So listen to Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Tacovas, oh yeah. I was just looking at some pictures of a concert Luke Bryan, my wife and I went to, I don't know, 10 years ago. She had some old cowboy boots on. This is like a couple weeks ago, and I said, you, you need some new boots because we're going to see Luke Combs. So she went to Tecovas.com, and they're just perfect. She loves them. You can do the same. You go to Tecovas.com. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, handmade down in the boot capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. If you've ever wondered, can I pull off cowboy boots? Then you should pull on a pair of Tecovas, and you'll see they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. And it's all kinds of Western staples. Trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to a store, Tecovas delivers the most premium quality, 
most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. Woo! Yeah. Uh, Steven on the stream, uh, the refs were fucking us. You can't beat yourself too, and they did. Yeah, I mean, again, hold on third down. Bad, bad non-call, but they're atrocious plays called all day long. I mean, we know the evidence is in. the The NFL refereeing is piss poor. The league does not care, and you just have to be. If you're gambling on a game, if you're a fan of a team, you just have to go in and be like the refs might screw me today and be which okay. is the same thing you've always had to think in the history of time by the way but that is the but it's truly now we have much more access to angles and we do have more uh, access to angles a lot, lot more money on the line right now gambling is legal uh, you know the league people making more than ever you get fired hired uh but no one ever gets fired as a referee but i'm listen i'm not refused to get too mad about the referees because i honestly didn't even today i can't blame the referees today i didn't really see much egregiousness beside yeah, they the could have called the, the third PI. down play. Yeah, they could they could have called it. Yeah, they were also. I mean, he's throwing to Trent Shurfield in the biggest spot of the game. That's right. Now D- Debo's injured, so it's like they're down wide receivers, right? Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything. I they, they're probably we could probably come up with a list of things a, a more anticlimactic, but a batted down pass on fourth down is about as anticlimactic Sucks. as it gets. Like at least get let that ball get to the end zone. Or score it, and then you would we get a two point? Would we not? Would we still be in overtime? Uh, none of that. Uh, I got tagged. We got tagged in this today, John. The uh, is it time to start thinking about the future for the Raiders? Dabo Sweeney on the sideline with Richard Petty. What was going on? What? What? what, what help me out. Why was he there for a home? Well, game? I do. I, I do think Bishop Gorman has one of the top recruits in the country this oh, year. Okay. Maybe a couple of them. Recruiting. Yeah, I mean, Bishop Gorman uh, is right in Las Vegas. I think Vegas just the last couple decades has been producing some dudes. Uh, so I would I would guess he's there recruiting, and then he has several players on the team, right? Mullins, Cleland. Uh, third down, automatic, Mr. Automatic, third down. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the best. <laughs> He's there to see Renfro. I mean, it's a big deal, I think. You know, as, as a guy in the SEC that does the South for an NFL team told me, he's like, listen, the two best programs, I guess George is now one of them too, but we're Bama and Clemson, right? For like, obviously, Bama all decade, and then Clemson got involved. One was a factory, one was a family, and he's like, Dabo's big on family, and it's not fake. Like, yeah, I think he's really close to these guys. Right, I mean, those Farrell was like a team captain on a championship team. Yeah. Renfro caught a game-winning touchdown. How much money did those guys help Dabo make, like for his family? I mean, seriously, I do think Dabo truly does care. Like Nick, was it Nick? He said on uh, the Peyton Manning that he just gets a printout because he doesn't even watch the NFL. <laughs> they just give him a printout on Monday. All of his guys did. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I now look. I mean, this is I'm making something out of this photo. We could talk about the Raiders who just also can't take advantage of opportunity. They're now six and six in a, in a conference. that's much more punitive to be six and six in the AFC than it is in the AFC. Um, but uh, I don't think Dabo is out of the realm. I don't think it's insane I, to me. Mayock, if I'm Mayock, this is actually a way to keep my job is to bring Dabo in. Tell Mark, let's bring Dabo in. I don't know what Dabo's feeling right now. 
but the early now maybe Dabo, you know, you never know all these little uh, all the little dynamics behind the scenes. As we record this, the report is that Miami's hiring its football coach Mario Cristobal, and then will hire probably Dan Radakovich, who's the uh, athletics director at Clemson. I don't know if that's good or bad for Dabo. I don't know what their relationship is, you know, privately like. But um, you don't you don't think you don't think Mayock would want to hire Dabo Sweeney as his Raiders head football coach? No, I, I just don't think Dabo's made for the made for the NFL. Oh, okay. I, I think Dabo. Remember, Dabo said a couple years ago, once we start p- paying players in college, I'm out. I mean, I not to tell on them, but I think they've been paying players well before Dabo ever showed up down there at Clemson. So, uh, and I don't think they've stopped since. Uh, now, maybe he means legally, but uh, come on, give me a break. That's like when Jay Billis complained all these years, like. Jay, Coach K is paying them. Like they, the Duke has the highest payroll. Him and Calipari. I just don't think he's not. Now he did just lose his defensive coordinator. Venables went to Oklahoma. Uh, he still has Tony Elliott as offensive coordinator. I saw that Pete Thamel said that if Radakovich is that how you say his name? I think. Yeah. So that guy's leaves. They've had like some some star up and coming like number two that just would replace him that stayed at Clemson like kind of spurned other jobs. But when you become Dabo or Saban or Kirby, you are bigger than the athletic department. Like right. to me, that move is more like a guy like, what's going to happen to PJ Fleck? Or, you know, I'm just, you know, a solid middle coach, not like you're Bob Stoops, right? You're Kirby Smart. You're hell Jimbo Fisher. Yeah, no, what what I meant was just, are him and that AD really tight? I, I, I see what That's, you're saying. Yeah. I just not don't, so much I, that I, someone's going to come in and tell him what to do. Dabble's big on religion and family, which to me feels very Southern college football. I don't know if that works in the pros. Historically, it has not. Yeah. No, it's... uh... Again, I'm not saying like if they were interviewing Dabble, they would get credit like they should, but I just, I don't love... To me, like Doug Peterson makes you're you infinitely don't love the more fit sense. For the Raiders or you don't... What is it more that you don't like the fit for them or you don't think Dabo would take it? Or both. I'm just saying, even if he would, I would. I think there are other candidates that I would. You be wouldn't hire him if, like if I told to. you. If I told you Doug yeah. Peterson would take the job, and if you notice, he's clearly doing some media rounds. Like his, you know, they're telling him, "Hey, just just get back in the vernacular." Let, let him, Mark Davis read your name on Twitter. If I said Doug Peterson and Dabo Sweeney would both accept their job, who should they offer? What would you say? Um, I'd say Doug Peterson, but I I don't want to be. Yeah, I'd say Doug Peterson. But I, I, I don't think Dabo's run a really good operation, and I don't think he'd be a crazy hire. Even though most times I'm not overly fond of college coaches, some depending like guys that feel like college coaches. And you're right; he feels like a college coach. Um, there were a lot of rumors that he was going to go to Oklahoma, that which it turns like out that. is Brett Venables. As we record this, is the report now it will be the Oklahoma coach, his DC. Did you see someone asked him, like, you talked to Oklahoma? He said, yeah, but not about me. <laughs> what a great answer. Because every coach says the same thing. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody. It's like, yeah, we know you haven't talked to anybody. I'm not saying either that, like, if it's just announced, Mayox got extended, he hired Dabo Sweeney. Like, that would be a big deal. It'd be one of the biggest, uh, I would say, college coaches of the pros ever. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be a seismic moment in, in football. So it's not crazy. I'm just saying, I, if you take the emotion out of it and you just look at it from a, a pure football, it's very, very risky the way he's done things. And mm-hmm. like, I'm just using a guy's name who's won a Super Bowl, 
who's just been a lifetime pro guy, and maybe there's more of them, I'd have to think about it, even Brian Dayball, whoever, that would just be safer, right? The Shanahan's, the McVeigh's. I just tend to think pros, pro, college is college. And like, like Dabo's thing is he's a great recruiter. He's a great position. Guy, Venables was the number one defensive coordinator in the country for like a decade, right? And Tony Elliott's been crushing it as an offensive coordinator. Dabo doesn't call either side of the ball. Right, but I would argue that the Raiders don't need necessarily somebody to call either side of the ball. They need somebody to tighten up that ship, which Doug could do too, I think. Right, but in terms of an organizational mind, I think Dabo has a lot of really good qualities. I would say that the Raiders it would surprise me. I the Raiders are probably in some trouble, <laughs> uh, just given that it's it probably takes you know ten and eight, ten and seven doesn't even guarantee you. What a perf- I, I, can I even be mad at them with an interim head coach? I'm not sure that I can be. Get, especially the rugs thing. I don't think you know they. they are, yeah, but I remember I said I, the, the way they played Thanksgiving, Dallas. It's you hate to roll this out, but they have an interim head coach, so whatever. It does feel like it. They're going to blow everything up. Who's Mark Lean? Mark's who, who's helping him make this hire? That's we'll come out with the Jason Lock and Four article February first <laughs> after they've assembled the staff. If One I'm Mayock, I, saw, I, I try to get somebody in there who I know would, if Mayock wants to stay. I mean, maybe Mayock has another job. Like if that. he wants to, I'm, no, I'm sure he wants to stay. Do you think he's going to get kept? Well, that's what I I'm saying. Not. I think it's in Mayock's best interest to hire. I, I think he's got to try and get somebody in there who would keep him around. That's what I'm saying. That's where Dabo to me would probably make some sense. Yeah, Dabo would make go, hey, a lot of sense. He'd be, he'd be the first GM to hire a coach that he doesn't have control over. Like, hey, Dabo, I'd love for you to come in and take player personnel control back from me. Yeah. We know, I mean, maybe it would be what Mark has done in the past when given the chance to hire John Gruden. He goes to people he knows. He knows Jim Harbaugh. And unlike in college, you know, you don't have to wait. You don't have to hire somebody before the early signing period if you're the Raiders. No, it's actually the timing's perfect, and he could be in the national championship game in January 9th. They, they have a game now, that 17th week. They play that week, right? They play the Sunday. I think the national championship's on the 10th, so you, you're you not even a big rush. Like it's, no. Do you think Harbaugh could leave if he loses the first playoff, if he loses to Georgia by 20? Or do you think you at least had to win a playoff game? Like, did he accomplish what he set out to accomplish? Did he accomplish it? Um... Yes, he, I don't totally, know what he but, set out to accomplish, but I would say, yeah, he has returned Michigan to relevance. He's got them in the playoff, which I didn't even think he had to. He has had to like beat Ohio State every few years. I didn't even think he had to be in the playoffs to actually deliver what he came there to do, which was just get Michigan great again. So, no, I don't expect him to go, but, I mean, they did basically – make him a fireable coach last year at Michigan. Now, maybe he was cool with it, and he just understood that was where the circumstances. COVID year plus, they weren't performing. They didn't gonna, they weren't going to fire him, but they made you get into contract options? into bonus. Like, do you no, I'm options? just – no, no, no. But I'm just saying, like, is there a – is he hold a, does he hold a grudge against Michigan for what they did to him contractually after the 2020 season? I, I do not? think he was the highest-paid coach in the, in the country for, like, five years. Yeah, and, and then they like nine million dollars. Then they came to him and said, like, hey, we want to give you a contract. We want to change your contract so we can basically fire you. And he was like, Cool, this is better than getting fired. I'll keep the job. Let's turn everything into bonuses, which he earned, and then gave a lot of it back. You're I don't right. know. I, I just think Jim's just saying, different does he dude. have a little yeah, he's a little pettiness in him. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's my question with Jim. He answered the bell. He answered the fucking bell. And then he gave away all the money that they turned into incentives to the people. He did. Really impressive. And I can't imagine that all that money, like a lot of those people are making like 60, 70 grand. Like what are they going to do? Yeah, he didn't give it to the athletics director. He gave it to people who could use it. To the individuals. Yeah, they got really screwed. Pretty high level deal because he's hit every bonus guy. I mean, he's we beat Ohio State. He won the Big Ten. He's made a playoff game. He gets the national championship. He'll have made, I mean, I think two and a half million dollars in bonus. I think he can make up to like three point two million dollars in bonuses. He's an. I kind of like him as a seven and a half point underdog in this game. How about you against Georgia? Yeah, I gotta reevaluate uh, UGA. Their quarterback guy is stinks, which is not new information, right? But you get to play Kentucky, Tennessee, and Florida. It's a little bit easier. You know, this guy in that game, oh my God, as it Jim, went on, it, he was just Saban. playing. Oh, my God. I think he can win that game. I, I Would that be one know. of the – I mean, oh, fuck, please, God. I mean, well, if anything. Is, is, is Saban a lock-lock to beat Cincinnati? Like, Cincinnati? It'd be one of the biggest upsets in, like, since what's-his-name, Valvano, was jumping up and down, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean – would it be one of the biggest upsets in the history of sports if Cincinnati beat Alabama? I think so. I mean, just you see a, all things. You see a line on that game? Uh, yeah, I think it's like 13 and a half. I would have guessed 18. It might be more. Well, because Jim was seven and a half. Cincinnati's good, even though they yeah. were only up 14, 13 at, you know. On Houston. Halftime of Houston. I know. Who's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. NCAA football, college football odds, national championship odds. We got some my bookie, some decent bets up here. What you got? You can get the Wolverines to win the Natty six to one. Alabama to win the Natty is minus one hundred two. So basically, you got to bet one hundred two dollars to win one hundred. The Bulldogs are plus one fifteen. So you know, you bet one hundred fifteen dollars, you win one hundred. Bearcats. I mean, it would be one of the greatest. They're basically 15 to 1. But I think the Wolverines, 6 to 1, like, they're a real team, right? They have multiple NFL at their best who dominate. At their best and Alabama's best, I don't, like, Alabama's Alabama, but. Well, the their coach is better and their quarterback's quarterback is better. Alabama's quarterback is probably what sets them apart from the other teams in this thing. And their coach, like, right? Like, say you mentioned. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And their coach. Did you mention the Fresno State UTEP line? No, I didn't see that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, the who does not want to be here game. Well, why do... Easy drive for UTEP. Is it just because like the Mountain West doesn't get that many sweet bowl bids? Is that Your where margin... they would have played if Hayner and their coach would have stayed? Or no? That's a good question. It doesn't feel it's like, like Barstool, it. Barstool might have taken them against McIlwain because they took Boise. Yeah. Arizona game. Yeah. McIlwain versus Boise. With Big Cat and Portnoy calling it. Are they? Yeah, you just can't take Fresno when they're coaching their quarterback leave. Which is not as cool of a story. McElwain, though, is going to be great in that meeting. Are those two calling that game? Yeah. I mean, Portnoy and Big Cat. Where's it airing? I think on I on the internet. Oh, they're, they're streaming it. So it's not an ESPN partnered game, I guess. No, they they're bought the it. on the game. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just an internet. I would imagine they will get more views in that game than several of the random bowl games. Oh yeah. The bowl, the bowl games are not, they're, <laughs> they're not created for the individual ratings. That's for damn sure. 
But I do think that thing that ESPN thing will have some success. Events is what own, ESPN events is what owns most. Oh, absolutely it will. That'll be good for McElwain. May, might be great for McElwain. I'm rooting for McElwain. Yeah. Uh, has, as we record this, I got to sneeze. <coughs> has Mario taken the job yet in Miami? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. There was a report that he has, that it's done, then it's not done. He hasn't signed it yet. Several reports that he's the next head coach in Miami, which, by the way, if you told me Mario Cristobal has the opportunity to be the coach of Miami, like, I'd be shocked if he didn't take the job. He's from there. He played there. It's Miami. Uh, If they're going to pay him. His mother mother is coming down the home stretch who lives in Miami, correct? Yeah. If they're going to pay him what Oregon would pay him, I don't. I don't blame him. I don't know how he doesn't take that job. Yeah. The question I have, that's not even a th- like why it's taken this long is bizarre. I, I mean, I'm sure they've had this on the table since maybe before the game could, against Utah on Friday night. I don't, I've never met him. You have, I, I would just guess he has put a lot of energy these last two or three years in building this program, right? He absolutely Pro- has. It's probably not an easy thing to leave. You keep telling me and everyone else on the internet, they were actually built for the next two years. Mm-hmm. Right with all these fucking classes, and I would imagine, yeah. what's the class he's got in coming in right now? The best class out west by a mile. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what Lincoln's latest updates are, but yeah. But before Lincoln arrived, he was clear head and shoulders above. Like he was running circle. Like he was in the mix for a top five or ten class, right? With all the big right. boys. Yeah, and he has been the last two years. So if you spend but, all this energy and you build this thing, I. I some of these, guys, I don't know. I'm not wired like a coach. It's kind of crazy they can just pick up. Now that you're like, he's going home. His I just, mom how many is dying. chances do you get? Like that's that you would don't. be. Now he is gonna have to like is Manny Diaz gonna be out of the office by the time Mario shows up? I don't know. Manny hasn't been fired yet. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, man. A lot of coaches don't like doing that, right? What? They feel very insecure about like you don't get to talk to me until you get rid of your guy. It's like the coaching fraternity thing. Oh, oh, I'm just saying, what's happening? Like, what are they doing? Well, I don't, but you're you're right, but they haven't fired him yet as we record this. I bet, well, they haven't hired an athletic director, right? Well, they probably got to, but the story <laughs> was they're going to hire their coach and then an athletics director, which makes no sense. I just, you're right. Mario, maybe it's like, I've built this baby at Oregon. This is special. But as you said the other day, I mean, it's not like Oregon just suddenly began to be a contender. Like, that he brought it back. But how many, I just would not blame him in the slightest if he took a Miami job. Now, I think it'd be dangerous. Like, if you're Oregon, after what's happened in the last 13 days between the two games with Utah, you don't feel great about the state of things, but you, I, I will, I would offer him whatever Miami's offer. I would offer him the big contract. Cause here's what I don't want to be doing on December 6th, starting a coaching search. When I know my coach can build a respectable program and recruit his ass off. Is Mario good enough to go to the playoff? Is Mario good enough to win a national championship? I don't know, but I know he's good enough to make my program a top 10 program and that's worth the eight and a half million dollars a year or whatever you'd have to offer him to try and keep him. So I would go all in on trying to keep him because this is messy unless you knew that you could hire Chris Peterson who coached there once upon a time, but they, they're what's in their a AD, weird What's spot. their AD's name? M- Mullen? Rob. Yep. Rob Mullen. Isn't he, you know, most people consider him one of the, he's been on the committee. Like yeah. Pretty high was, level. Was, was the head of the college football playoff committee, the Gary Barta position a few years ago. And my, you know, Mario's been a guy that's been in the mix for some of these Southern jobs. You would think he has a short list and has an idea 
of if he could land. To me, you go West Coast. Chris Peterson, Jeff Tedford. I do not think you can go back to the Chip Kelly well. I would 100% not do that. Uh, I think it's hard, right? You get spoiled winning big, which they did with Chip. They won really big, right? It was sweet. They were better even than they were with with uh, with Mario. I mean, they went to a national championship. They lost in the game. They were going to the BCS games every year. They were awesome. Mario hasn't quite been as good, but they've still been really good. Like, Chip was always top five. Mario's more like five to 15. But you get like, these recruiting classes are sweet. <laughs> it's a fun thing to be like, we are top. We're right there with LSU, Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State, and us. Right. So it's like, okay... Well, I don't know if Chip's quite as good as he was, <laughs> and we know he doesn't like to recruit. So we're just like part of the reason we're able to do this right now is because our recruiting classes are sweet. Like we're getting, we're not getting Sewell with Chip, right? I mean, that's just it, there's a give and take. Chip does not want to recruit. <laughs> that's where to me, Tedford, actually, again, health the ticker. Tedford recruited at the highest level, and he's a good coach. Like I saw him, like he. Marshawn, Deshaun, like that's who he wants. That's that's who Mario wants. Who so signed the two? Who signed Buckner and Armstead? So not Chip. Yeah, but they were. But for the most part, he was not recruiting at the highest level, especially toward the end. And, and yet his teams look. But his skill guys look better than these skill guys. I mean, that's the, that was what's crazy. His teams were stacked. Right. Well, he's a he's a yeah, and even at UCLA, like I'd say he's a more buttoned up coach. Than but I Mario. mean, his Oregon talent was stacked. Like, I know what these recruiting classes have been, but he got popped. He's Oregon in a teams, brown bag of twenty five thousand dollars. Josh Gibson. Well, okay, so he was playing the game. Do these Oregon teams look more talented than those Oregon teams? I don't. But think But here's so. the thing: once that happened, he stopped. He didn't like doing that crap, and he clearly at UCLA has been like. You know, guy, they just take all academically different, right? Probably a little different. Uh, I mean, UCLA gets dudes if they want, if they try. Morrow was getting Kenny Clarks and the Miles Jacks. Like, you can get dudes there. You just got to try. That's the, I'll give Mario credit on this one. Pushing the envelope, whatever. He really tries recruiting, right? He does. He does. And he does. And he does. And he hasn't been there. I think we, he gets a lot of criticism for like Anthony Brown, which is fair. I think they've whiffed on receivers in recent years, although this, the guys they had come in this year, the freshman this year, was a highly recruited receiver group. Was well, is, is number um, two supposed to but, be a good player? Williams or whatever? Is that guy supposed Devon, to be highly touted? Uh, I think that's a transfer from SC. Okay. Devin or Devon Williams, I think. He's a tall guy. He made a play in the Utah game, but he was like, he shoved the guy and got a penalty, even yeah, though he kind of got hit late. But but my my like, point, where was our guys? Yeah, my point on you know, he was he was a red red shirt freshman from SC, uh, or sophomore. Um, he hasn't been the head coach that long. Like he doesn't need to find a quarterback. He hasn't been the head coach that long. I, I to me, so there's that. I do want to say this about Utah though. When and I maybe I've said this on the show before, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. But I think it's it's why that Utah performance to me was just mind blowing. When Washington lost to Alabama in the Peach Bowl a few years ago, it created this whole conversation around the Pac-12 about is the Pac-12 getting big enough players to win in the trenches, and the answer was no. And so that became the primary focus: is we're all the big guys, we're all the big guys, we're all the big guys. And then Mario started getting the big guys at Oregon. And it's like Mario was doing the thing for the Pac-12 that nobody else can do. It's a direct response to what we saw happen when Alabama beat Washington in the Peach. It's a direct response to what we saw when Ohio State got beat by Washington in the Rose Bowl, when Washington got beat by Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. 
and Oregon is the one that's doing it. And Utah has rolled out with their guys, who are three-star guys, that they develop, and nobody knows where they come from. I mean, people do. And has absolutely kicked their ass all over the field two weeks in a row. I think what I saw Utah do on Friday night in the Pac-12 title game, on one hand, is one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. On the other hand, it's like, makes total sense. They just did it. You just saw it. Why couldn't they do it again? Yeah. But the fact that Utah did that, as Oregon has built this program, is incredible. Kyle Whittingham is a college football Hall of Famer. He is. Uh, It's not really that much of a debate. And as you texted me the weekend, he's one of the best college football coaches, period. He should be up for every job. Kyle Whittingham. I I don't know if he would take one. I texted you if Mario leaves. I mean, it's happened before. The team's kicking your ass in your conference. You got more money than them. Wouldn't you offer him the job? You don't think he could take the guys you have on the roster and do it? And develop. I'm not saying he would leave, but wouldn't you offer him the job? I would call absolutely. He'd be at the top of my list, just like he should have been at the top of SC's list. Just like I heard he was on SC's that maybe he was going to take the job a couple of years ago when they hired Clay. Um, What's the linebacker Davis's first name? Number is it ten or eight? You know the guy that makes all their plays. The middle Devin linebacker. Lloyd. Zero. Devin Lloyd. Yeah, Devin yeah, Lloyd. He's a two star. He is going to be a top fifteen draft pick. I, I saw. I follow a bunch of Oregon people. The one knock on Mario is like. It doesn't feel the last couple of years like guys make huge improvements. Like, you know, the one thing at, with Kyle Whittingham, this always happened with Chris Peterson, this happened with Jeff Tedford. It's like guys improve. You know, Mario's getting these elite, elite guys, and he's more of a CEO head coach, but it's like, I don't see this huge improvement. Like, I, Noah Sewell looks exactly like he did his freshman year, first game. Like, he's just solid. But it's like, you know, Thibodeau was, I don't know, the number one recruit in the country. Like, he, well, Offensively, their school guys don't. They look terrible. How is their backup running back die? Like to me, that guy looks like a guy that would have been playing at Fresno State when you and I were there. Like, how's that guy their guy? Do you think you'd when feel I, the way if he had gloves and wristbands on? No, he's just a small. He, again, small. like I'm not. If he's listening to this podcast right now, I'm not trying to diminish your toughness. You runs hard, but to me, you should be like third or fourth on a depth chart of a team recruiting at the highest level. That guy's not playing for, you know, Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, or LSU. Or Oklahoma? He's just it's not. Weird. I can't. It's weird. Now, they have emphasized probably, right, the lines, and they've recruited well there. But I see the but. lines. Like, I saw their offensive linemen against Utah, and I get Utah's defense, and they hammered that home in that game. And you know this better than most. Like, I didn't realize. I mean, they got all these young guys. I mean, they got Lloyd, who's this, the older guy, but most of their guys are like true freshmen. That number eight, Bishop, the true freshman that beat out the older Cole guy, Bishop, I mean, he made yeah. every play. Yeah. They're clearly Again, tough. classic, like, three-star guy. And he's actually from out of state. All their offensive linemen are are enormous, like all the guys in the Oregon uniforms wearing 70s and 60s numbers. They all look stiff and slow to me. They didn't look like that dynamic. I don't know. It just it might just been the matchup, whatever styles make fights. They look slow. And Utah uh, few, clearly is not scared. A few other things, John. Uh, sneaky. Here's a couple of just NFL things that are kind of sneaking up. Here's one that snuck up on me. I'll tell you this, and you can throw something else out. Now, they haven't really played anybody, but... Tua, AFC's good, so they're still in bad shape. They're six and seven. It felt like Miami was having a disaster season. And then I look up, and again, not playing anybody today, but then I look up, they beat the Giants, they beat the Panthers, they beat the Jets, they beat the Ravens, they beat the Texans. Dolphins have sneaky won five games in a row against the who's who of the the poop. They got a bye, then they play the Jets. 
Okay. So then they play, seven. Then they play the Saints. They could win that Pretty game. Pretty winnable. Yeah. Let's give them that game eight and seven. Then they play the Titans. Let's say they lose that game. Eight and eight. Then they finish with the Patriots. Let's say they lose that game. But, you know, I've seen them beat the Patriots before. They beat them this year. Uh, but they could be Impressive eight Impressive year. Yeah. That's good job by Tua. I, I watch Tua even when he's playing. I don't think anything different of him when I watch the little pea shooter. Just no, they should still get Deshaun Watson if he's eligible to play football. I had a DM, not from anyone credible, but just from someone that said they heard something that was like, I, I, I eat this thing up, that said the Texans love Trey Lance. They also loved Aaron Banks. They also like Trey Sermon. And that the Niners drafted those players to trade them for Deshaun Watson after the season because they like those guys. That's why they haven't been playing any of them. Like, so they're yeah, not playing Trey Sermon. Sur- Hold on. So they're not playing <laughs> Trey Sermon, not because he's not good enough, but because he's so good. No, because the Texans like him. And then and Elijah Mitchell the, was better And they don't right want the away. Texans to know that he's not good enough? No, they drafted him for the Texans. Right. But now he's on their roster. So they and just like, keep him inactive. They well, that's what they did with Banks and Trey. Yeah, Banks and Trey. They just put him on ice. Amazing theory. Incredible. I, I mean, at this point... Me- could you yeah, trade those three guys for Deshaun even if Desha- at this point, even if Deshaun's not eligible yet? Only if they love Trey Lance and they're like, we get this rookie quarterback that we really like. That's an incredible theory. Did you think he came up with this theory on his own or is this like... No, he showed me, I think, th- this was not like anyone in the mix. It was just, he showed me some like pictures and text messages. It was very believable when I read it. Pictures and text messages from yeah. Deshaun? No, I just from another source. You okay. Know, again, this was this wasn't like some this source, isn't a source individual. No. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> it was just so out of left field. I was like, yeah, I could see that because they haven't played Banks. They've really tried to avoid Trey and Trey Sermon. They clearly tried to avoid, but then they played him and he hurt his ankle. Now he's on the IR, so that's not ideal. Because what if? Hmm. You're- Can I tell you about my friends? Very, very good friends, and mainly because I've been using this app for a long time. Game time. They are the best ticket app I've ever used. You shouldn't have to worry when you buy tickets to your next big event. You want to go to a concert? You want to go watch Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond make a little playoff run? Well, that's where you use Game Time. You just download the app on your smartphone, and you can search any event. Concerts, comedy shows, games, pro and college. Search by price point or search by where you want to sit at the venue. It gives you sightline on the app, and uh, it's really easy. Buying tickets in seconds with like two taps. I cannot recommend it enough, and here's what we're doing for you. When you use the promo code HAM, H-A-M, you save $20 off at checkout. That's promo code HAM at checkout and save $20 to any event. Download the GameTime app now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. For the Texans, you're like, well, can I get Elijah Mitchell? You're like, nope, do good. Yeah, it's yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, that's the flaw. This is the Texans are like, after a year of information, haven't watched any football and just want to do the same deal they would have done last year. You just say, 25 is off limits, bro. It's just off limits. Because I think, like, oh, no, no, that's fine. We haven't, we haven't watched 25. We want Trey Lance. Don't even worry about it. We know that yeah, when we'll, Trey, uh, Trey uh, sorry, Justin Trey Sermon, don't even worry about it. When Sermon gets on the field, he's so much better than Mitchell. Who cares? A lot going on there. So you just you just never know in this crazy world. of. I lo- that's football. my favorite part now that we've talked about it, of that theory, <laughs> is that they would still want to do the same deal today. Why? Well, well, he didn't know that. He just said that was the mindset, you know, at the time because they had to let the other thing go. The problem is with that one. It's like, well, if I was Casario, no longer like, okay, you guys keep Sermon, you give me Mitchell, right? Because now he's worth a second round pick or whatever to me. Yeah, yeah, that's a great. I love that conspiracy theory. And the other thing, I'd be like, well, you guys were so bad at right guard. It never th- crossed your mind when you're trying to make the playoffs to use Aaron Banks. Is he really not ready? You really saving him for me, or did you just think he wasn't that good? It'd be easy uh, to second guess yourself. Drafting three guys to do a trade that you never do would be an all-time draft move. Yeah, or drafting three guys to do a trade that you do a year later would be an all-time draft move. And I'm I, when I say that, I don't mean a good draft move. I just mean an all-time draft decision. Like, let's just take the guys the Texans like for this future Texans trade. Next year seems just seems absolute insanity, even thinking about it out loud. But if they pulled it off, you would get but a lot of credit. I would say this nobody with Texan, any Texans options were a little desperate because they didn't have any picks. Yeah, no one with any options is going to want to be the Texans quarterback next year. Like Jimmy, you know, is not going to want to be the Texans quarterback next year. And people said last time we talked about well, no trade, and they were like, well, Jimmy's tr- contract expired. It's totally dependent on contracts. Or somebody made the point last time we talked about it. Jimmy, the no trade expires, so he couldn't block the trade. But it is in the interest of the team who's taking on Jimmy Garoppolo, if he's acquired on a trade, to renegotiate his contract. So they are going to need his cooperation. You're saying Jimmy's no trade clause expired after this season doesn't kick in? Yeah, at some certain point. I don't even. I didn't pay attention to the detail because I think I do believe that details are relevant. Because I, think I don't, well, Jimmy, here's where I don't though. Because if the Texans were the only team willing to tr- let him play on that one year, twenty million dollars, what if every other team, like the football team that wanted him, were like, he's got to restructure? If you're Jimmy, like, where are you ever going to get twenty million dollars? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But even then, Jimmy would then accept that deal anyway. Like, someone's going to pay me twenty million dollars and let me be a free agent after the year. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying if I'm a team, if I'm trading anything of value for Garoppolo, I want to know a he's not going to cost me twenty million dollars, and b that I'll have him for more than a year if I want him or I can cut him. I don't think it would be crazy if you had a ton of cap space and were really shitty and you just needed a guy to kind of keep your head above water if you traded like a seventh round pick and if like he had a Pro Bowl season that yeah, kicks okay. into a fourth. You know, I agree. Like you wouldn't, I just, you wouldn't do anything of value. But if I you're just, just giving a seventh, you wouldn't but care. But when the teams, I, I do think it's just good business to. Make sure a player wants to play for you at quarterback when you acquire him and about yeah, but, to pay him $20 million. Yeah, and I would say the going rate for a guy like Jimmy is probably closer to 10 than $20 million. Yeah, yeah. But if he hits a free agency, he might just have some options, so a, guy, a team like the Texans wouldn't get him. So you basically just pay a late-round pick to get a guy that would not come to you for $10 million. So you just pay the $10 million tax, and you have all this money anyway, unless that trade deal goes through 
Joe says it's for Sermon and Lance. Insanely to pay Jimmy as your starting QB. Yeah. And Banks. Uh, how about the Roethlisberger's last year in Pittsburgh story that came out this weekend? Dan Campbell won his, the, the Lions won. I was happy. I saw somebody tweet some bullshit. Something Saturday college football. Somebody fucked something up, and it was like, oh, this is reminds us of golf or something. I was, I was happy to see. Just let's. I don't want to see Jared Goff and Dan Campbell go winless. So I'm happy for them, John. Well, God, they had a win and a tie, and they've That's... yeah, but they were winless. They were winless, yeah. And they, you know what? I'll say this for the Lions. For a team that doesn't win, every time I watch them, they are playing their ass off trying to win. Like, this ain't no NBA team tanking for the first pick. These guys play their asses off. So I'm happy. They've actually been more entertaining than a lot of other teams in the league who have wins. Wouldn't you agree? Totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. They, they have really, really tried. The effort, high effort. I also think it's a little easier. I mean, there's not like some Trevor Lawrence sitting there. Right, I mean, it's like okay, what pass rusher you want? Good point. I I think the talk, if there was truly like you had been this shitty all season and there was luck sitting there, people would be pushing back. Like, what are we doing? But do you want Hutchinson or you want Thibodeau? I think that they end up taking Hutchinson just in their backyard. He feels just Dan Campbell's going to love him, and Thibodeau goes to to the Jags, and then all of a sudden they got Thibodeau and Allen like. You're like, damn, I kind of like the little pass rushing combo. <laughs> and Urban. And Lawrence. And some problems. Yeah. So. Um, any other, uh, I mean, the Minshew, did you see the Minshew video post game of him hugging his dad? Pretty cool. Like, I've not always been the biggest Minshew fan because I think, because I saw somebody retweeted and some NFL person retweeted and said, you know, I, I, I still don't understand who was it. I still don't understand how the Jags traded this guy for a six. He's the best backup in the league. Um, or a seventh, whatever the trade was. Not good value for on their part. Made no sense. I do understand the problem with Minshew is a great problem, which is I don't think he really – I don't know. My impression is being the backup quarterback, he's not down with it, which is not ideal in Trevor with Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback. Yeah. So I understood it, but the guy refuses to quit. His story is incredible. He was an offseason away from being an analyst for Saban. He should be coaching the semifinal game on Nick's staff as like the quarterback coach. Instead, he's winning games in the NFL. And if you didn't see the video, he was fucking hugging his dad, like back slapping. He was so fired up as somebody screamed, Gardner, sign this. Sign this for the troops. For the troops. Did you have the volume on that video? (laughs) It was incredible. For the troops. I was so happy to see that video. A person who believes in themselves like that when no one else believes in them is just so awesome. Did he just Wally Pip the other guy? He threw multiple yeah, I, touchdowns. This happens everywhere he goes. Everywhere I do he think goes. you can kind of play. I do think you can kind of play them both because one guy runs, he throws. I, what, what made no sense is how did this guy not get traded up? Like there were the Eagles had a quarterback. Hell, they had two Flacco's on their team. They just traded for him because. Roseman knows value. Where, where are like the Steelers on that one? Where were some of these the other teams? The football team. I don't know. Some of these teams. I guess football team at Fitzpatrick. But yeah, I, he was an undervalued asset who clearly is a longtime backup in the NFL, right? At minimum. Because he can come in and he can win you a game. Now, didn't they play the Jets? They did play the Jets, John, yes. I see. I notice a lot when I look up at some of these games. The teams like a team just gets a desperate win. It's like, oh, there's Robert Sala on the sideline on the other team, right? <laughs> so it's like, 
Like the Jets are much more gutless than the Lions. This throughout the whole season. The, the Lions play harder than the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Thursday night football this week, John, is Steelers Vikings. So you have that to look uh, forward to. Sunday night football this week will be Bills and Buccaneers. So the Bills get the Patriots and the Bucks on the road in prime time. Uh, in theory, you're kind of in the same calendar week, not in the same NFL week. Just a quick look ahead as we wrap up Sunday night, John. A few other games next week. Ravens, Browns. Okay. Raiders, Chiefs. Uh, Cowboys football team, sneaky big game at football team. Big time. Yeah. And uh, Niners Bengals. Who did you get to see much of the Bengals uh Charger game? I watched the whole first half I had on the second TV and then I just stopped really locking in. Yeah. I mean, they went up 24 nothing. I mean Herbert looked awesome. <laughs> I just was he did. Sling- Herbert Herbert they came out slinging. Then the Bengals came storming back. They scored it was they- 24 unanswered to 22 unanswered. Then it was like Burrow broke his pinky. Then Mixon got knocked out, but then both of them came back. Then they had that fumble that kind of was the killer. That's the yeah. last time I kind of started paying attention. They had a fumble. The Charger guy took it, and then the score was multiple scores, and it was kind of over. Nice win for the Chargers. Yeah, I, I one take, one early Niner Bengal take is, and this is going to be probably easier for Jimmy than it was, just you got to get rid of the football. The the Bengals were, in, were on Herbert's ass constantly. I'm just looking. They had one, two, three – four, five, six, seven tackles for loss. They had one, two, four, six, eight, ten QB hurries in the game, the Bengals defense. And the Chargers offensive line has had some injuries. Four sacks. They were all over Justin Herbert. So early read on the game was get the ball out of Jimmy's hands quickly, which is what Kyle's trying to do anyway. So Godspeed, Jimmy. Not a problem. Uh, all right. Anything else uh, on that note? That's all I got. We'll just keep swinging all week. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Adios. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.